And we're live. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Nerdy Up North podcast. It's a nerdy podcast hosted by Northern Nerds. I am one of your hosts, Sam. And I'm your other host, Paul. And we are joined by the, the fabulous, wonderful, and majestic um, <laughs> dressing gown wearing Grant this evening. Cheers, mate. <laughs> <laughs> majestic. Choking on the compliments. <laughs> <laughs> I did see in the chat earlier that I am feeling very tired, so tonight is probably going to go off the rails a lot more than usual. So I do apologise, but fuck it, let's get on with it. Yeah, this is this is this is podcast three of three for me this week. <laughs> second podcast so, I've been involved with. Fourth one I've actually been editing. So yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> we've been busy. <laughs> yes. So yes. Um, I don't know. I'll get the promotion out. If you haven't watched uh, Friday night's episode yet, go like watch this one first, of course, but go back and watch uh, the fabulous Coven Girls uh, who were on. And it did take some dark turns. It took some interesting turns, but it was very, very entertaining. And them girls are absolutely lovely as well. So please go and follow them on their Facebook page and Instagram. It's the Castle Coven uh, Gamers. Uh, Gaming, uh, sorry. Um, Also, our lovely... um, Twitch aficionado that is the ginger ninja himself, which is Goodwill, has finally got his way kicking and streets, screaming outside of Donna's cage. He is now star trekking across the universe with Graham. And if you want some campy entertainment, go and check that out as well. And Sam and Sam 2, which is called the now named the Maiden and the Bear, which is all the bear and the maiden. The bear and the maiden. All types of kinky role players going on in that shit. We're just we're just trying out names. It's an, a name of an episode. <laughs> I still I'm still just going to go with Nerdy Up North Ice and Fire because I can't be bothered to say Nerdy Up North Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon podcast. So <laughs> we're just going with Ice and Fire, but we're just trying new things out each week. <laughs> like new relationships, you just like you're trying new things out. Do you stick your finger in there? Do you poke there? Exactly. It's all it's all just trying the things out there. Exactly. Yes. Everything <laughs> in everywhere. There you go. You heard it here first, people. You just put everything in everywhere. Absolutely. But the most important question of the week, we've been watching. Been watching a lot of stuff. <laughs> See how so, that just came out naturally, yeah. like it just flowed. It came out as well as Goodwill came out of his closet, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, how dare you talk about the famous Goodwill like that? <laughs> Anyways, what you've been watching? <laughs> right, uh, I let Grand go first because it's tradition now that I get left to last. <laughs> you know what it is? I've had so little time to watch TV this last week. I've been comfort watching The Good Place. Right? Oh, I do. Oh, I do yeah. enjoy The Good Place. Yeah, it's one of those TV shows that I've absolutely fallen in love with, and because of the way that it's kind of set up, you can. You know, you can set it away like an animated show. You know, mm-hmm. You're going to watch Rick and Morty or you're going to watch Futurama or whatever it is. You don't start from episode one of the season. You go, I want that one. Um, and I found myself able to do it with that. And I really, really love the concept behind the good uh, the good place. You know, it, it makes you feel good when you watch it. So I'm just, I've, I've literally watched that. Um, oh, it's like a sitcom version of uh, Dante's Inferno. Mm-hmm. It's probably is, the only way I can describe it. Is this the one with Kristen Bell? And Ted Danson. Ted Danson. Yeah. Yes, yeah, Ted right. Danson is brilliant in anything he does. To be fair, I could watch him just like just be Ted Danson. I, even like these in shit movies. What was it? Uh, the one where he, he, his kid 
was trying to steal baseball or something. I can't remember, but he was brilliant in it. <laughs> Three men and a baby. Uh, Three men and a baby is what I yeah. it's where I instantly go to. But I am actually named after his most famous character, Sam Malone. Yeah. Did you have to think there, Grant? <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just not called Woody. <laughs> That would have been interesting. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anything else, Grant? Uh, no, honestly, that's been about it. I finished off uh, the Dante's Inferno Twitch stream at the weekend, oh. and that kind of exhausted me because that is I'd forgotten how much of a slog it was at the end. For anybody that tuned in, I apologise for like, the last <laughs> hour because I'd forgotten how boring the ending is. <laughs> Wow. Well, that's an advertisement and an endorsement there. Go to I watch Grand I kept it entertaining <laughs> up until yeah. the, all that boring stuff. I just kept talking, and then when Satan finally gets his dick out at the end, and you do get to see Satan's dick, kids, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's magnificent, and that bit's amazing, but all the build-up to it is just such a fucking grind. <laughs> I know. I, I, wow. I was a little bit of a chicken shit last night. I played uh, Resident Evil 7, and I only lasted an hour before I had to turn off before I got too scared. And Beth and Beth was watching us in the stream, and she was just pissing herself laughing. Um, there was a point where a, a head jumped out of the water, and I nearly fell off my seat. It was not not even funny. <laughs> that needs clipping. That needs clipping. <laughs> it is clipped. It's on the Twitch channel, and it is, is it? amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, then it was like the nervous energy laughing. I was in <laughs> but I, was, I did not enjoy it. Like sitting in the house by myself, I mean, I'll be, I'm going to be a brave person playing in the dark. No, it was, I'll probably just go back at one time, but probably play it during the day in when the it's light, safe. The <laughs> <laughs> when they come, come and get you. Yes. Um, I've been watching absolutely jack shit. Um, right. I have lost a husband to a video game. Um, and I've been working and sleeping. And if we're watching anything again, we're watch- we've gone back over Big Bang again. <laughs> we've literally gone to the end and come back to the beginning. Just a constant, not... a constant re- uh, recycle of it. Pretty much. It's comfort. Mm-hmm. It's just like a comfort thing. Like, it's just nice to have them on in the background. Um, that is literally what I've done. I've not watched anything because Paul, you've been watching <laughs> Um, I went back to community again. Like I say, that's um, in like my cycle of shows that I like, do go through. Turn I've just just finished Only Sunny, so now it's community. So Brooklyn Nine Nine will probably be coming up back soon mm-hmm. as well when that finishes. Um, but I am all up to date with Moonshiners for the season from last time with Spork. But oh. as I was telling Lee on the Twitch, because we were playing Resident Evil and we're actually going into a Moonlight Moonshiners conversation. But you're playing Resident Evil, you don't expect that to happen. No. It, but um, but yeah, I went back to the start for the first because I, I didn't realize there was twelve seasons of it. There's twelve seasons <laughs> of Moonshiners. Twelve seasons. There's twelve so, series of like of full on content put in as well. Oh uh, wow! Um, well, it's different Moonshiners. Some of the Moonshiners have stayed on like throughout the seasons, and some people are only on for like one season stuff. So, um. But it's it, it took it a lot more serious in the early stuff. What I've what I've watched so far, it's got it's, it's like a different moonshine. It's got the guy called Tim, who's a moonshiner in the woods, and he's trying to go legal. So he's trying to follow the procedures to get his his father's recipe like in legal stores rather than the illegal moonshine. 
but he's got to do the illegal moonshine to get the money to be legal. So it's, it's like a vicious circle. So he's, he's getting himself in that trap. Um, his dad would be like ashamed of him for trying to make it legal because his dad probably didn't do it the legal way. No, it just depends. Like, because the reason why he's doing it is because he wants to teach his son how to do it, but he doesn't want his son mm. to go through the same like trials and tribulations. So you can see that point. But in the first couple of seasons, it shows the police viewpoint, which they don't do in the later. It is literally just the moonshiners. So the police viewpoint is like. All oh, these moonshiners are doing bad shit. They're making this uh, liquor that's poisonous and they're mixing it with bleach and shit. No, it's not to do that. It's fucking about tax. Yeah, it's simple, it's simple money. fact. These people are making 20 grand a season uh, making moonshine that they're not paying tax on. So they want the yeah. cut. So that's that's the main why the law is involved. But yeah, uh, I've just got the bit, bit where two of the moonshiners have a fallen out and have a fist fight. So it was hilarious. One actually uh, broke his hand, so he's, uh, he can't moonshine. The other one had a black eye and he says, I'm not moonshine with him no more. That's the friendship over. So I was like, oh, I still love I you. I, I, I still love you, John Paul. Like, Billy Bob. <laughs> Billy Bob. <laughs> but yes, oh my um, God, I want to see that. <laughs> I don't. It sounds fucking terrible. <laughs> Grant, it is unreal. Me and Paul sat down, when was it, last week? Last Tuesday, I think. Not last Tuesday before, wasn't it? So, Tuesday, before, was Tuesday on Monday. Right. It was at some point we it's been it's been a long week. Um <laughs> and we sat down and watched an episode. Oh my god. <laughs> it is amazing. Not sold. <laughs> Think of the Kardashians, but with dungarees and less tits. In the woods. <laughs> with alcohol. <laughs> I'm a simple man made blood and boobs. That's all I asked for. In True. <laughs> one of them one of them in the other week got a, a pet raccoon. So the pet raccoon was fighting with the other dog, so it was hilarious. <laughs> is, it, is it a raccoon penis that they have on there? Yes, they use the... a raccoon penis to to draw down, like to to get the the shine to to flow. So they, they use a raccoon, a raccoon <laughs> penis bone. That's what they use. It's, it is yeah. a thing. Look at a coon is... penis. Yep, it's true. Uh, I thought you were going to say the raccoon had tits there for a second, yeah. and you went off on one. I was like, what's it going with this? <laughs> it could yeah. be. It could go anywhere. But yes, yeah. so, that's, so that's this week's with the moonshiners there. It's <laughs> very cool. So this week, what we're doing? <laughs> you can do you can do your disclaimer now that was on the BBC. Oh, thank you. The second time I've done it today. So everything discussed in today's episode is our opinions and our opinions alone. If you'd like to discuss anything from today's episode, please come and join us in the Facebook group where we can have an open discussion. What we won't have is anyone coming for us and telling us our opinions are wrong. We can all agree to disagree in fandom. So keep it fun, keep it kind, and keep the toxic behaviour out of nerdism. Very well said. Next year, I think it's also prevalent to do that these days, just be how toxic and nasty yeah. nerdism or fan culture can be. So, um, like keep the gate keeping shit away from us. That's the main yeah. thing. That- we're not about that. We're not. That's not. That's not what we're about. So, keep so, it yeah. yourself. So yes. Yeah, so today's topic is not moonshine as I as you probably were, were expecting. God uh, damn it. It's top five British movies, and I don't know about you, because when we come up with this topic, I thought, piss easy, there's so many good movies. But that kind of became the problem. It was like, which ones stand out? Which ones do you remember the most? Why do you like them the most? And then you were thinking, is that even a British movie? Then you're thinking, what is a British movie? And then you were like, fuck, going down that rabbit hole. So I've tried to think of like the majority 
of the it doesn't have to be the cast as British actors or thing, but the majority behind the scenes or people who's made the movies is, is, is part of the British industry or the writers have been British and stuff like that. So I've kind of looked at it that way cool. um, and try to this... think and not Sorry. get lost because when I asked uh, the people at my work, they were coming up with some ones. I was like, uh, they were like, oh. Gladiator was done by Ridley Scott. That can be can that be classed as a British movie? I went British director, but I don't know American if it was movies. a British movie. Yeah, that's the the big thing there. So, yeah. um, I'll because I know Grant hasn't been on for a few weeks. Bless him. So I'll give him first shot so he can go with his number one pick there. Oh bloody hell! I didn't know we were diving in that quick. <laughs> All right, no, sorry. How so? How are you, how are you thinking? How did you think about the subject matter? How did you go about it? I was in a similar dilemma, mate. It's like maybe not so much as a director being English, but, you know, if it's an American director, but it's set in England and it's an English cast, mm. is it a British film? If our joint promotions, it's a broken <laughs> fucking head. Is what it's done. <laughs> <laughs> so I pick number one then. <laughs> um, I'm not one for rom-coms, mm-hmm. as you have probably guessed. Yeah, don't but- say there's one rom-com that is a British film because that mm-hmm. is one thing that we are very, very good at is mm-hmm. rom-coms that actually stands out as one of my favourite films of all time. And mm-hmm. what makes it even weirder is that I'm not only not a rom-com guy, I'm also not a Christmas film guy oh, at all. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and this film is both um, done by Richard Curtis, who, mm-hmm. if you're British, you are familiar with all of his work because he's responsible for some of the best TV and film comedy that we've ever seen. Um, 2003's Love Actually. I, I thought this was going to be on your list, to be honest. I remember, I think we were having a conversation about it around the Christmas period, and you actually blurted out that how much you actually love Love Actually. And I think, I, I wasn't surprised, but I think Sam was a little bit taken aback, like, Love Actually? But I totally get it. Like, the cast in that, like, is absolutely phenomenal and Alan Rickman I, I know there's a lot of start, stand-up performances but Alan Rickman was absolutely brilliant and Emma Thompson like that whole Emma story I, I could have just done with that story throughout like even like the whole movie and it was so brilliant and perfectly done but yeah I, I totally see it. My husband is shocked this is not on my list mm-hmm. because as much as I don't like to admit it I do fucking love this film um, but I haven't watched it in a really long time, so I was like, I can't. I'm not going to put that on the list. But I yeah. do love, I do love Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman and Emma Tom- Emma Thompson, Emma Thompson alone. That moment with Joni Mitchell will break my heart every time. There's there's so many like iconic scenes and moments in it as well that mm-hmm. I think the, the the beauty with Love Actually. Um, outside of the original concept, I'll nerd out a little bit about the, the original concept in a mm-hmm. second. Um, but you you start to see bits of your own relationships and your own friendships and all of that kind of stuff in it because it's so inherently British. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like, oh, jolly good show. We told the American president what for. That'll show them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is this yeah. British prime minister is ever going to do what um, Hugh Grant does to Billy Bob Thornton in that film. You yeah. know what I mean? But we um, can only wish. <laughs> you know, but, you know, even down to, it depend, I think it doesn't depend on what age you see it. That's the mm-hmm. thing with Love Actually is it, mm-hmm. tra- it transcends the ages. You know what I mean? If you're seeing it as a kid, mm-hmm. you find um, Liam Neeson's 
son in it really, really relatable and you want mm-hmm. to be him. You know, when you're um, Martin McCutcheon, and, uh, not Martin McCutcheon, Kira Knightley and I've forgotten his name. Rick, Andy Lincoln. Walking Dead. Uh, yeah. You know, for all the bit about him, video on her has aged a little bit weirdly. Now we live in a world where everybody has a video camera. Um, that you know, there's no denying that that scene at the end with the signs, you know, if you don't well up at that scene, you've got no soul whatsoever. Um, you know, and then you've got the cool dad in Liam Neeson, you know, so as you get older, you kind of, oh, you know, I want my son to look up to me the way that that Ben looks up to Liam Neeson and get with Claudia Schiffer at the end. Yes. Mm. Um, you know, if you have life, you feel it with through Bill Nye. I'm going on a little bit now. The point, that's the point no. I'm trying to make is you're always like, mm-hmm. as you get older, you start to relate to the different characters. And I can yeah. completely see where if you saw it when you were really young, you would get that with some of the younger characters as well. Mm-hmm. No, I completely get it. It's like, say, it's one for all the ages. And um, like I said, the, Bill uh, Bill Nighty and, and uh, the guy who plays Rab C. Nesbitt, like that relationship. Um, for sure. Is absolutely agent, agent manager, yeah, like, rock star, the agent rock star. That that's brilliant. Um, and even like the American nights, I think Eliza Cuspin, uh, was it Shannon thingy? That... Shannon Elizabeth, um, Eliza oh Cuspin. It was a, a yeah. Cus- yeah. Come on, Ruth. And that was one of Eliza Cuspin's first roles, and like she she did very clever roles, like from things that she's done to get out there. But like, and she, it, everything has impacts, like, mm-hmm. and even the Colin Firth thing. Going out there and Colin Pretzel, <laughs> and he's got a big knob. <laughs> I'm just going to shut my window. Sorry, it's really cold. Why is Martin out there shouting, shouting what to say there? But uh... <laughs> do you know what the original concept for the film was? No, absolutely not. Okay, so Rowan Atkinson was originally meant to have a bigger part mm-hmm. in it. Subliminally, Rowan Atkinson's character is supposed to be like a Christmas angel that comes along and changes things. And if you look at the couple of bits that he is in there, where he's clarting around with the um, mm-hmm. the jewellery and all that kind of stuff, he's quite mm-hmm. influential in guiding the storyline from there on in with his actions. Mm-hmm. Right. The same with the kid. At the end, it's Ron Atkinson's in the queue and it's it, he causes the distraction that allows yeah. the kid to get through the gate. Originally, mm-hmm. each one of the five couples that you've got going on in it would have had an interaction with Rowan Atkinson that steered the storyline mm-hmm. in the direction that it went, but they took a lot of his bits out. Um, oh. Yeah, it's, I'm kind of glad they did. Um, yeah. I think yeah. it wouldn't have hit as hard as it does if all of them were in there. You can imagine him being the one that hands Andrew Lincoln the, uh, yeah. the camera while he's like, you know, I guess it's almost like... I guess it's almost like it's a wonderful life kind of thing, like the angel mm. in It's a Wonderful Life. But mm. I love the fact that the you introduced to the movie by Hugh Grant in his monologue, and it ends with Hugh Grant finishing said yeah. monologue. I love how it starts and ends. Yeah, and and I liked how so, like some like most of the cast and everything was in the LinkedIn away, but you didn't need that pointing out. I think that would have been like giving the audience a little bit of a disservice if that thing like having yeah. like say. Oh look, Rowan Atkinson pointing the way. It's like almost like arrows, like, yeah. like, like doing a dot, a dot, like following the numbers. But yeah, it's, it's nice when like, something's a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, it's almost like making the audience feel a little bit stupid. Mm. Um, I keep forgetting that Martin Freeman's in this movie as well. 
Yeah, it's the Martin Ponaco. Freeman and Joanna and Joanna Page. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> forgot about him. Yeah, you just completely touched you the, the porn things. aspect. That, 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 yeah. I forgot the porn, <laughs> and I remembered. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. The pantsless no, wonder there, so not at all. I just I yeah I I forget that he's in because there's so many people to mm-hmm. think of and the different stories that and I really like their story. Yeah. That they got together on the like being porn standings. <laughs> I think all the stories are nice. Like the one, like I say, that always stands out for me, as I said before, was the Alan McNamara and then the Thompson one because yeah. it was so real, though. That was the thing because that it didn't feel like he didn't get a happy ending with it because no. they realized and and you, you knew they weren't together at the end and. That's was, real life. It was, it was like really civil with each other. Um, I am reading. For all I've not watched anything this week, I have actually been reading. Um, and I'm reading Alan Rickman's diaries. Mm-hmm. He is like him and her are like kindred spirits. Right. There's a reason they work so well together on screen. They are absolutely kindred spirits. Um, he just he always <laughs> anytime he says with Emma because his diaries are very. At the beginning, it's like breakfast, dinner, tea, work, da 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 da, and then he starts writing more in detail about his day. Mm. Any time he mentions when he's with Emma, it's just Emma. Yeah, says fuck a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't realize he was really good friends with Ruby Wax either. Like best friends with Ruby Wax. Could mm. not put them two together if I tried. <laughs> to be fair, though, Ruby Wax got around, so it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> what a lovely choice though to kick us off I really like that that's all downhill from here <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. so how are you going to follow that then Sam well I have, I have found this really hard now I love British cinema I think that we can pull off some of the best movies going and I have a lot of my choices are ones that I just I love like mm-hmm. I have and there's my last one I actually have a a personal connection to um but my first one is a is a really recent one that i've watched yes mm-hmm. i've watched a new movie everyone <laughs> <laughs> and it's i know shocker <laughs> and i picked it because not only is it british and it's got an incredibly british cast and the guy who wrote it is incredibly english it spawned my favorite television program mm-hmm. it is 2001's gosford park Written by mm-hmm. Julian, I'm going to go Julian Fellows. I can't believe I had to check that. What kind of a fan am I? But Gosford Park is the, what they were going to say was the prequel mm-hmm. to Downton Abbey. Right. But it didn't work that way. So the majority of the cast that is in Gosford Park mm-hmm. are in Downton Abbey. <laughs> All right. I was going to say, I, I, you're going to have to save this one because I've not seen it. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it is a murder mystery. Right. In a I'm very state, in a very stately home. Um, yep. the only one American there's sorry, there's two Americans in it. Ryan Philippi is one of them, and a guy who I cannot remember his name, but when you look at him, you go, Oh yeah, I remember him. He's been in mm. all sorts. Um but yeah, it's a murder mystery set in a stately home in the nineteen thirties. Um Maggie Smith is absolutely phenomenal in it. She's if anyone watches Downton and they know Maggie as the um Downinger Dowinger Countess of Grantham. She is nothing like that in this. She is sassy. She is a bitch. She is 
absolutely brilliant. But yeah, it's a murder mystery that has such a twist ending. I didn't see coming. Um, Helen Mirren's in it. All right. Um, oh gosh, who there's like so um the guy who played Dumbledore, he's in it. Um, mm-hmm. which one? Um, the the, the Gumbo or the or Richard Curtis. The second one, Michael Gumble. Um, yes. Um, uh, Kristen Stewart Scott, what's that face from Four Weddings and a Funeral? She's in it, the really posh one. Um, right. But yeah, that's I've picked that one because it was the most recent one that I've watched, and it, like I say, it spawned my favorite television program, Downton Abbey. So what do you not? Well, probably to get in the further ones your list. So is Downton Abbey not on your list? Absolutely not. All right. I love the TV show. Didn't say I like the films. And I know you went to see the films, but that's I, I most I was... certainly did. I, I like for for all the the, the 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 it's brilliant. It's lovely to see Downton on a big screen. It yeah. really is beautiful to see it. It um, but mm. it's it wasn't film. It wasn't movie worthy. It right. could have been. It could have been a television program. It could have been a special. But again, it was beautiful to see it on the big screen. Richard Harris, sorry, Beth. Yeah, I got wrong. Oh. <laughs> I, I, no. I did not hear, but no, yeah, Gosford Park is it. It is like it's on Netflix at the moment, um, and it is it's just it's a really good murder mystery. No, I'll check it out. I do like a good uh, murder mystery. Like, see, I grew up on Paro and stuff like that. It's can't even see Poirot. Poirot. My Belgium. mom loves Poirot <laughs> and Agatha Christie. It's very Agatha Christie, and um, I got that kind of vibe from it. So half an hour in, and hello, Mrs. Weatherall. <laughs> I do regret send, um, sending you that picture. <laughs> Poor mum. So, so, yeah. uh, so, Mrs. Weatherall, what's it like having five guys in your mouth? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Half an hour in as well, guy. Oh, God. Hashtag Sammy's mum. <laughs> Sammy's so, yeah. mom has got it going. <laughs> really does. Thank you. I'm I'm grateful. I'm grateful for all the attention that she gets because I, there's somewhere in here her genes are there. <laughs> oh no, you're uh, a pretty family. Like I say, we'll, we'll give you that. But uh, I was laughing thanks. at you. <laughs> I was laughing at how defensive you got over uh, like your aunt's mother when you <laughs> you posted a picture of that. As far as I knew. <laughs> I was like, do you realise that's the big mother-in-law? <laughs> yes, yes, we do. <laughs> I forget who I'm talking with, <laughs> but yeah, pick that's number one, good... Gosford Park. <laughs> so, uh, so that's came out a little very classy. So um, I'm going to go with the first film that made me cry as a kid, and it one because movie? I I loved it, but. And two, because it scared us as well. Uh, it was a musical. And you've got to pick a pocket or two. Mm. So, Oliver, um, I absolutely adore this film. I used to watch this every Christmas time. Uh, I think it used to be our Boxing Day special. Oh. Uh, Oliver Reed as Bill Sykes is the most terrifying and horrendous bully of a man that you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And... Like say, I loved Nancy and the way Twitter was just horrendous and like that whole aspect. And um, the guy who played Fagan, I can't remember his name, but that freaked me out. But mm-hmm. I was all for like uh, Oliver and the Artful Dodger and the songs. Um, and I used to adore every time I came on. I, me and my dad used to watch it. I've got so many warm, fuzzy me- memories of watching this with my dad. 
just because of like say maybe dad but my dad's a big musical fan as well but i don't think there's a better like movie that can go, give you all the different emotions and i'm i know they always do try and remake this so like they'll do a different tv show mm. a different spin to it but that movie the classic one the 1968 version has never been better and it is just beautifully filmed as well the costumes in it is stunning uh, the child actors aren't irritating, which is very hard to see for, like, especially in movies of that era. Mm. But yes, I absolutely the, love this movie. The cinematography in it for the time is absolutely beautiful. They make London look absolutely breathtaking. And when they want to make it look grimy and dirty and horrible, they really give a sense of complete dread when you're in that place with them. Mm-hmm. Um, Oliver Reed is fucking terrifying and mm-hmm. um, that scene when he when when he kills nancy yeah my God, spoilers by the way um, <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely haunting we used to own this on vhs and i can still to this day picture that i probably still have it i have all of our um, vhs's in the back bedroom and i probably still have it I, I do love this, but I'm sorry, I have to disagree. One child is very annoying in this, and it's Oliver. <laughs> I just want to punch his face in sometimes. He's got a proper dumb face. You've heard, you've heard it here first, guys. Sam hates orphans. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. think you turned that around. <laughs> But no, um, I totally get it. I, I know it's down to personal preference, a lot of these ones as well. And that's why I love doing the top fives. But as soon as I thought about top five like British movies, I had to make sure that I was a British movie because I know how old it was. I was like, it definitely mm. was filmed in the UK. It was a, a British production and everything, uh, British actors and everything. I, like say, this was number one with the bullets and just for them warm fuzzies. Um, and I can never get tired of watching it and like listen to the songs as well. Even like the, the awful Dodger and like, Bless him. After after this film, he had a horrible life. The poor actor, like, see, lots of bad things happen to him. But um, absolutely amazing. Like, and so I don't think Charles Dickens has been done better. Well, probably his Muppets Christmas Carol, but that's Mm, a whole difference. Yeah, I was going (laughs) to (laughs) say. But for Oliver, this would be the only one I'd watch. I Mm -hmm. don't think I'd watch another adaptation of it. I don't watch this one. Have you seen it, Grant? You're very quiet. <laughs> you do know I like a good musical, but Oliver grates on me. I don't know mm. if it was overexposure when I was a kid or yeah. something mm. like that, but the mm-hmm. minute they open them out, some it's like nails down a fucking chalkboard to <laughs> me, mate. Really, really Sorry, I won't stop singing for you then, so it's fine. I can, I can respect it for what it is, but as far as personal taste is concerned, I, I haven't mm. watched it since I was in single figures and I've got no desire to do so whatsoever. <laughs> Right, so, so the next watch along we'll, try, we'll get Grant in so <laughs> just to see about the, the pain and the anger <laughs> but yes so that's my yeah, first pick <laughs> oh that's a good that's some strong first pick mm-hmm. how are you going to top that one Grant um, I'm going to keep sucking Oliver Reed's dick for a little bit longer um, why not is, but he had it out um, enough so <laughs> absolutely he's, but he's a powerhouse of British mm-hmm. cinema and my next pick is also Oliver Reed in a musical role 
And right. the way that he's cast and the way that he's portrayed in this film is absolutely astounding as a villain, which mm-hmm. after what you've just said about him and Oliver, I think only goes to show that the way that Oliver Reed can be utilised in a musical sense because he's got that kind of almost discordant sound to his voice. You know what I mean? He can mm-hmm. sing, but he, sound, he can make his, his singing sound like he can't sing. Yeah. Um, and we've got a little bit of uh, northeast nerdy up north uh, trivia in this because one of the scenes in this movie was filmed at Hilton Castle. Oh, um, right. Everybody of a certain age in Sunderland knows somebody that was drafted in to be one of the extras in it <laughs> um, by one of my favourite bands with an unbelievable cast, 1975's Tommy by The Who. Ah, oh. that did even come into my mind, that one. I, I think I've only watched it a handful of times as well. Yeah. Can you guess yeah, my answer? <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it. <laughs> uh, this film got bounced in and out a good few times as I was prepping it. And I love The Who. Mm-hmm. I love the musical. The cast to this is absolutely unbelievable. Um, I've got it up in front of us in case I forget anybody. So you've got Jack Nicholson, you've got all of The Who, um, you've got mm-hmm. Oliver Reed, you've got Eric Clapton. Um, you've got uh, Tina Turner in there playing a fucking crazy prostitute that injects (laughs) a blind kid full of LSD and gives him superpowers. Um, Mm -hmm. And the song that she sings, Acid Queen, um, is one of the best songs that I've ever heard. And hearing Tina Turner sing that song is absolutely fucking Mm -hmm. breathtaking. Um, it's, the imagery in this film is absolutely astounding. Like I say, Oliver Reed playing Frank, Bernie, whatever you want to call him, kind of the the evil stepdad, mm-hmm. if you will. It, he's just, he's breathtaking in it because of the, this horrible kind of, the only character in modern cinema I can think of that pulls off the same vibe is, I can't remember the actor's name, but it's the guy that plays um, the Dirlish Lee in mm. is it the Dirlish Lees in Harry Potter? Yes, parents, uh, uh, uncles, or whatever. That yeah, cool. the God. Uh, well, I've forgotten um, his name. Is he was in? in uh, Sky. He's in. Uh, yes, he was in Hollow. He was in Pirate Sky, Sleepy Hollow. He was also uh, Naked Gun. Yes. Um, you know <laughs> the way that he plays him, and that words that just kind of swaggering, kind of bloated, awful. Yeah. Like everything about Oliver Reed screams villain in it, and they utilize the ones that can't sing really well. Um, you know, halfway through, because it's a musical album, it's a concept mm. album that tells the story. There's a bit where Tommy's abused by an uncle, and they get um, Keith Moon to mm-hmm. sing his wicked Uncle Ernie because he's a drummer. He couldn't fucking <laughs> sing. Um, <laughs> you know, very rare that we get a Phil Collins out of them. You know what I mean? Um, mm. No, nah, jokes aside, drummers are talented as fuck. <laughs> Um, (laughs) but because Keith Moon couldn't sing that's why they gave him Wicked Uncle Ernie because he just sounds as bad as that act should make you feel Um, and yeah right at the end it all goes a little bit off on the completely out of the blue and there's bikers riding around in castles and all that kind of stuff which is the bit that was filmed at Hilton Castle Um, I I admit I didn't know that it was filmed in um... Because I've never had an affinity with with the movie, so it's it's never been something I've looked into. But I didn't know it was filmed at Hilton Castle, so um, I only live there, so I might go and check that out a bit. So <laughs> didn't know it existed until two minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have heard the songs, though, "Pinball Wizard." 
Yeah. 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 So Elton John, man. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Elton John plays the champ, and he's up yeah. there with his big boots playing pinball <laughs> against uh, Roger Daltrey, who's blind. It sounds yeah. like one hell of an acid trip, man. Like the whole oh. thing. Massively. <laughs> it was almost like it was wrote by Pink Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, very good second second pick. I didn't see that one coming, so already getting a few surprises out the window now. So let's go to Old Faithful, shall we? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That what I am. Um, <laughs> this one, my my second pick, is purely just down to how much I fucking love it. Um, it want. might not, it might not <laughs> be everyone's cup of tea. Um, but it is from two thousand and three. Again, starts stars Helen Mirren, and it's Calendar Girls. Naked Helen, I, I'm in for it all day, so it's fine. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I absolutely adore this movie. I love a true story to start with, and the fact that it's British and it's also set in the countryside <laughs> and there's marmalade, like, I am living for this. Like, that's the life I, I want to be in the WC. <laughs> I was going to say, though, like, your first two picks are very upper class British, um, like, say, and I what am a better, better to doing is, is this, like... <laughs> The upper class says, is Sammy trying to be above her station? <laughs> <laughs> You're a working class lass from the northeast. <laughs> Me last pick will prove that as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I just, I love the the true, obviously it's a true story. I yes. just, I love the friendships. I mm-hmm. love... Um, the women in it who were just absolutely fantastic. Yeah. There's not one bum note in it. It's just, hmm. and it's such an easy watch as well. Like, oh, the cast is amazing in it, like, to be fair. It's got, um, oh gosh, it's just, every, there's so many faces you can see and you're like, oh my God, you're from that. And oh my God, you're from this. And <laughs> oh, I just, I absolutely adore it. It does give me the warm and fuzzies. Um, I do break my heart in so many places in this movie. Um, obviously, spoilers. Um, when, um, e gosh, what's her name? Julie Walters. When her um husband passes, that absolutely breaks mm. us. But when her and Chris's um Helen Mirren's friendship starts to break down, yeah, and that like really like hits a note. But it just it it's so lovely that without saying a word, they can mm-hmm. just patch it back up again. No. And everything's is, is like the, the friendship mm. is that strong. Yeah. That they can just patch it up and just Withstand and move on. And, and, yeah. and know that life's too short for shit like that. Like, I think if anything, they prove out of that whole movie is that life is too short. No, that's that's the thing, though. That's the always the message when it comes across is like, you've got to let, like, fair enough, you always hold a grudge, never let things go. But that's the message of the movie. No, I'm just saying that's what that's just in life in general. That's how you how we live. Don't ever cross me. Um, but no, Julie uh, noted. But no, life's too short to hold grudges and like to be angry a lot. And I think mm-hmm. like when we're getting to to an age because we're no longer 21, as Sam tried to be, pretend that she was on uh, Friday. For all of Friday I, night, Grant, I was 21. I, I got I, I even got threatened to be booted off the podcast by by the Coven Girls because. 
I wouldn't accept that Samus twenty one. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I can I can handle that. What what really made like got my anxiety up a little bit is when they say, No, you're only twenty one, I'm like, I can't go through starting my job. I've started my job at twenty one and I've been there for nineteen years. I'm like, I can't go through that again. I'm all right being where I am right now. <laughs> I'll be thirty nine. <laughs> less but yeah it's like said not to hold them grudges and let things go uh like say even the frozen song like let it go it, it i've learned so much about that like the last few years even just doing nerdy up north type shit mm-hmm. like not being pissed off at as people as much because i know i do come across as an angry man uh, it's an all the knack it's just a facade really don't you dare try and argue goodwill um, <laughs> just watch his, his Twitch stream. He showed you he's a chicken shit. That blue hole. That blue yeah. hedgehog. Yeah. It all changes. Anyway, uh, so yes, the calendar. <laughs> calendar girls. Don't yeah. hold a grudge. Don't hold a grudge. <laughs> Very good. So, there we go. so uh, uh, I, I've got nothing really to add to that. I, I do think it's a nice film. It's like a, it's a film. It's just that, a lovely film and it's. Yeah. I'd be very much remiss with myself if I didn't add it because I love it. I watch it at least once a year. Mm-hmm. It's just an easy watch. Right. So let's bring the tone back to where we're from, from our roots for the next film. Okay. 1969, shown what true northern people are like. Yes. Oh, I thought you were going to say Rita Sue and Bob too. I was like, Jesus. Oh, fuck that shit. Oh, that film is fucking great. I can't believe that's not on my list. Uh, Kes. Kes. Have you you seen Kes, Sam? I think we had to watch it in school. Yes. Um, I think think it was during English class that we used to watch as well, yeah. Yeah, I I generally can't remember it though, but I know it's about a bird. Yeah, it's about a young lad. I'm sure he's called Billy. I could be wrong. It's Billy, isn't it? I'm going to get the next now because of me things. Uh, yes, he was called Billy. I was right. It's sad, like, the doubts there. Just <laughs> living in a northern family. His brother's a dick. That's probably the best way I can put it. Um, and just basically life shit. Life general shit. No money. Going to school. Getting picked on because he's small and weedy. And the, oh. one of the truest representations of what P used to be like at, at a northern school uh, in the northeast <laughs> Shirt, vest, and pants. Shirt, vest, and pants. If you don't have your PE kit, your teacher used to always try and prove he was the best footballer. And that and that scene when I've got his name, when he says, oh, I'm, I'm going to be team captain. Uh, I'm Man United because I'm wearing red. You can be Liverpool. And I'm Bobby Charlton. They start naming like football players, which we, we used to do at school. And mm. it's so reminiscent. And I remember it so fondly because that used to be what PE used to be like. And if you were shit, you used to get tortured. Like I probably, I'll hold my hands up. I was probably the one torturing you because you were shit. Because <laughs> unfortunately, I was good at sports, so I I was that dickhead, and I, I see myself so much in that now, and it, it is a little bit upsetting. But um, it's how I remember it, and that relationship with Billy and Kess, the Kestrel, was just so innocent and so perfect. And I remember being absolutely broken. When his brother kills the bird, because because he didn't, um, like say, it didn't do what he was meant to do. So as punishment, he killed the bird. Do you see and it? You don't see the bird. It's just it's it's in a trash. You you, you like see so he says because he's going where's where's Kess and you see Billy trying to brace brother all over saying mummy's killed me bird he's killed me bird 
And he's like, it's just a stupid bird and stuff like that. But it's absolutely heartbreaking. But if you want to know, like oh. any Americans or any uh, one that's not from the Northeast or even the Northwest, you want to know what it was like. Like, like even like I said, no, because it was set in the sixties. But that's what it was like, even in the eighties and early nineties, living in the Northeast. It didn't change. That was our lives as so much, and it was represents it so well. And it's just a beautiful film. So yeah, Kess. Wow. I really am like proper, proper teary about the fact the bird died. I did. I couldn't remember that part. If they had showed me that in school, I must have been removed because <laughs> I would never have been able to emotionally handle myself like that. But I do. I can like. I've obviously seen clips and pictures. It looks. It looks like home. <laughs> oh, I, I, I watched it as I was a kid, and I was thinking, this is just. Like life in the northeast, like mm. why is it not changed? Like I remember my granddad and stuff talking the way they used to do. Like probably not as Mancunian or as Yorkshire as as like the accents were, but the, the mm. language they used and the way the like terminology. Um, and like my family, like were pitters. Like my grandfather worked yeah. in the pits and went through the pit pit strikes as well. So anything that was going on, it just heavily connected with me on a on a level that like say not many films do. I wouldn't say it's my fil- favorite film because. It's a hard watch. It's not something I would watch over and over because you can't enjoy it. But as soon as gonna die. But it's beautiful, and if you watch it as well, it is exactly like what our childhood was like for a lot of a lot of people. And um, I'll always be go back to it for that reason, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I get that. I get that massively. That's very much linked with my last pick, like how I feel about that. Certainly, but, but yes. There. So that's my second pick. So we're doing well, guys. Listen. No, no, no crossovers yet. No, no one's crossed any streams or doing anything like that. Damn it! <laughs> Grand. <Cool. laughs> All right, and uh, quite thematic here because um, I can take it from our uh, our childhood in the eighties and the early nineties up to what life was like in our teens mm-hmm. um, in the late nineties and the early two thousands, where. Regardless how much some of us might have tried to distance ourselves from it, the UK was governed by rave culture. And oh, was it? That <laughs> was fun. It's one of my picks gone out the window now, so... <laughs> oh, oh, is this where we're crossing the stream? Yes. Ooh, it might be, it might not be. All um, right. I think of two films that on that vague description would probably get in there. Um, features the debut of probably the worst British actor working today. Um, I know what it is. <laughs> I know what it is because it's on my husband's picks. <laughs> yeah. Human traffic. Human traffic. Ah, yeah, I'm exactly still okay then. I'm giving it away, but that's fine. I'll do that with my next pick as well. It was the same era, same type of theme. We'll go with it. It's fine. <laughs> it is. It's, um, you know, don't get me wrong, you know, respect to Danny Dyer because at the same time he is getting cast for just mm. being himself, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is all Ryan Reynolds really does at the end of yeah. the day. You just go, I, just be you and respect to Ryan Reynolds because he's fucking hilarious, you know. he's mm-hmm. Danny Dyer is going to be one of these people similar to like Ray Winston, you know what I mean? Where he's just going to yeah. play that same role in the British <laughs> He's just so stereotyped in it, yeah. Um, no, I've got a, a massive soft spot um, for human traffic. I love John Sim as an actor mm-hmm. 
pretty much everything that I've ever seen him in. Uh, the cameo with Howard Marks is possibly one of the most iconic things I've ever seen. That And now for spliff politics. And he's just <laughs> standing there in the church discussing how a joint gets passed around a room. I was just like, that's that's perfection. But it, it it's just a really fucking good night out from the late 90s, really, isn't it? That's all it is. It's a blood, it's a it's a pulp album. Yes. Yeah. When I was when I was talking to my husband about um the like tonight's picks, he was like, oh, why wouldn't you put human human trafficking on this? Is one, I'm not seeing it. Two, <laughs> it's just not up my street. I was like, this is this is you. Like and mm-hmm. is a proper even today, like when was it? We were out in the car the other day and he puts his playlist on and it's nineties, nineties yeah. rave music, like rhythm is a dancer, and it was in my car on that day. Um he loves movies like this, <laughs> like rave culture, drug culture. Like he loves um, mm. Hackers is one of his favorite films as well. That's the kind of this the level that I'm on with him. Different field of the movies, like but I'm thinking uh, more of the dance and the, <laughs> I was the dance say music, it. like the techno and shit like that. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> Human Traffic was like a little, like it felt like I I didn't love it, but it was very close to him. I, I grew up in Riot in the nineties, where like say. Most of the, the lads I knocked around was a bit backward, so they all they just wanted to be like um, on drugs, <laughs> either on drugs or stealing cars. Where I would go to the pitches by myself. That's why I didn't end up in jail. So oh, anyone, nice. so they're not going to be upset because most of the people I grew up with ended up in fucking jail. <laughs> Who's the smart one here? <laughs> yes, like say they, like so many of them got kicked out of school for dealing drugs and um, and and shit like that. Um, my life. But I think it was like said during the time when like ecstasy was like huge and massive yeah. and being like the drug of choice. But when you watch that back, like as you as you said, it is more like a musical hit rather than a, a, like film. But and it just takes you back to that era because mm. as mental as you watch it now, and you think nah, people who watch it now think it wasn't like that. It fucking was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anth was like he was. He says like I don't know if I would enjoy it now because that's obviously mm-hmm. it's not my life now but back when he was younger that's that was him <laughs> <laughs> so he's yeah, so he's the one that ended like up in Tyus. jail <laughs> yeah and there's I'm surprised he didn't I really am but yeah and there's tires in space <laughs> bless no very good pick um so yeah, we're going over, we're going around like all the different generations now. So we went from Oliver uh, to Kess to human Be trafficking, honest. and we've, we've been to the fancy area with Sam. Is she still going to keep us in the fancy dance area? No, we're going all <laughs> psychological thriller next. Are there oh. a psychological thriller? Yeah, I would say it's a psychological thriller. Um, it's probably the only Danny Boyle movie I actually adore. Mm-hmm. Um, it's from 1984 and it has my favourite person in the whole entire world in it which is Ewan McGregor it's Shallow Griffith ah very I cool I fucking adore this film and so much so that I, when I told my mum about what we were doing and I mentioned I mentioned a couple off my list she went you better have Shallow Grave on there you <laughs> tortured me with that I used to watch it constantly and it is not an easy watch no no it's not but it used to be on film four literally every day. All the time. <laughs> At least at like one o'clock on Shallow Grave is on again. <laughs> yeah. Um I had to I had been a long time since I watched it. So I had to, I ran through the, the plot on Wikipedia mm. and the minute out 
I could picture it all, mm-hmm. all of it happening. The paranoia of Christopher Eccleston in that movie is just, <sighs> oh, it's phenomenal. <laughs> Watching him go from this kind of normal person to absolute crackpot in mm-hmm. like, in less than a second is just, un- it, the acting in it is unreal. Ewan McGregor is an absolute joy to watch. He's mm-hmm. the, he's so, he's, he comes across as stupid, but really is actually, <laughs> quite intelligent given what he did at the end with the money i thought that was hilarious um the woman in it i am the actress in it i can't think of her name but she really annoyed the pants out of me to the point where i actually wanted her to die okay. <laughs> yeah. so i'd have been all right with that been fine um but the the main thing is three housemates looking for a fourth and they go through this whole rigmarole of interview process with different people where they literally are just taking the piss out of them. Like, mm-hmm. they don't come across as very nice people to where eventually one who comes um, is Keith Allen. Right, okay. And Keith Allen takes the position of the house. Yeah, yeah, and takes the position of the house. And the next day, he's literally in there less than 24 hours and he's dead. <laughs> Completely naked on the floor. You see Keith Allen in. Oh, I thought it was Keith Allen. Yeah, I forgot I was Keith Allen. Yeah. yeah, you see him in oh. all of his glory. To be fair, he um, was always getting his dick out as well. I think that was a thing with British actors at any time. If they haven't got the the knob out on screen, they're not. I don't think they'd be classed as as a British actor. I just don't think we cared. <laughs> I think we just tried to show. We're not. We're not prudes. We don't care. Just get it all out. Mm. Um, but yeah, is that, you know, is, is that for forthcoming for the future podcast? <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it just turns into this like absolute mental, like the decision making that goes on after that, like is crazy. All because they find a suitcase of money. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason it goes the way that it does is over money. That's the, the root of all evil, though. That's the thing. It'll, it'll destroy it? anything. It's like, as soon as money gets involved, shit gets real. That's that's the thing. But no, I, I still remember this film. It was. I think I was watching it during my student years that I come with it. I don't don't think I watched it when it first came out. No, I, when um, it came out in 94, I probably, I think maybe film, it probably was the film four era. So maybe early college. Because what was, there was this one and the one that came out the same time, but when it turned out that like the woman had a dick. Crying game. That's it. Both those what? films, because the crying game, wasn't it? The crying game. <laughs> But the crying game because like them two were on film four literally all the time. Like when I was just like at, at college or at, at mm-hmm. student times, so you kind of got, as Grant said, oversaturated with the movie. But you don't realize how good that movie is, and like oh. with like the people in it as well. Shallow and, grave is just. It's such a, a mind feel of emotions. You've got paranoia, you've got greed, you've got lust, you've got backstabbing, you've got <laughs> you've just got you and McGregor being an absolute fool. You've got disposing of bodies. You it, it's the lot. Like it is absolutely horrific what they end up doing. And then oh just I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, oh. It has been a really long time since I've seen it, but if I I could not not have this list with not having that, but the amount of time I would recommend I've if anyone it. hasn't watched it or is like say like not watched it properly, go back and watch it now. It holds. A, a, it's a movie that does hold up. 
absolutely it's i haven't spoiled anything by what i've said because you can't spoil that kind of emotion you have to go through it mm-hmm. and it is it's really intense and it like ugh, just go and watch it <laughs> go and watch it right so i've kind of give away my next pick which is like say as i said 90s culture i don't think there's a more iconic 90s i'm not even gonna say a british film a more iconic 90s movie out there for the time and it came out and talking about Ewan McGregor I know it wasn't his first appearance I think Shallow Grave was actually his first appearance was it yeah. possibly possibly we're just going to say yes because it might spoil me last pick but yeah go on um this is the movie <laughs> that made Ewan McGregor an international star this oh. blew everything away and like if we didn't have Trainspot and we wouldn't have Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to say it no, I don't know. I'm just going to say it. Oh, right, uh, it's, okay. it's, 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 it's a my opinion fact. Um, <laughs> the best kind. <laughs> the best kind. Uh, train spotting. Now, when I first listened, like everything that came out, like this, I think the immediate sensation with everything, it wasn't just like advertisements. It was like smashed and hammered home. This movie was literally everywhere from the soundtrack. As soon as you hear the beats, you're, you're you think of train spotting. Um I know, like I say, it was a book before it came out, so the book was always was quite popular. But the characters in this, like um gonna try and get the names right. Johnny Lee Miller, um, Ewan Bremer as Spud, uh, Kelly McDonald, Robert Carlyle, um, like I say it spawned like some of them were names anyway, like Robert Carlyle, doesn't matter what he'd done, he was always gonna be big. But it yeah. gave us so much and I've never watched it and been I had so many emotions. I've been I was confused because I was too young to understand what was going on. I was sickened. I was repulsed. Mm. I was like say like say like felt a bit wrong when Hugh McGregor's shagging Mac Kelly McDonald's and she wears a school uniform. It's good with her. I fancied her in the last scene. Should I should I fancy her now? It, it's, I'm so confused. <laughs> it's, it's 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 like there's so many different wrong things as well. Like even like say talking about like iconic scenes as well getting the cocks out and like british men getting the cocks out on screen you mcgregor taking the condom off like on screen you see it pulling the condom off that's never been seen in british mm-hmm. cinema or even on cinema as well so i was shocked and like i know i'm gonna sound like oh dear i was shocked but that was quite shocking for the time and seeing that aspect <laughs> in, in a movie um and the whole elements, and I dare say anyone seen the scene with Spud where he shits the bed, and he's trying to clean the covers and trying to get away because with it being drug culture, it's always about the come downs and like trying to stay off yeah. heroin and stuff like that. And like he had a explosion, and when they're going, oh no, just give it here, just give the covers, and pulls the sheets off, and the shit sprays all over and stuff like that. It's literally one of the th- worst things that I've seen like to date, but. Ooh. Going back as well, when he, he, the worst toilet in Scotland, and if you're not repulsed at that aspect, it's just because he, when he shit like needs a shit, when he realizes he's got his heroin up there, so he's got to go and get his heroin out of the toilet as well, then it's just like it's just awful. But I think, as, as I said, I don't think there's a more iconic 90s film that was that came out for the, for the reasons that Train Spotter came out for. Well, it's it's his it's his second. So Shallow Grave was first, right? And then a year later, it was Train Spotting again mm. with Danny Boyle. Um, 
this I actually haven't seen it all the way through have seen parts of it because this is one of if not one of my sister's favorite films of all time and mm-hmm. she absolutely fucking loves it to the point where we walked into a toilet in Barcelona and went if that toilet can make the one from train spotting look good we are not using it <laughs> and she walked out um I'm just not a big fan of this movie at all I'm really not I don't no, it's know fine. But don't... I wish I was because like I love you and McGregor like I love you mm-hmm. and McGregor so much um, I just could never get on board with it, but Michaela absolutely loves it. It's hilarious to see now because, like, see, you McGregor looks so far from being a smack rat. It's it, like it's like it's totally different. But he was giving off heroin chic to the degree you actually thought he was on heroin on that movie. And... Oh, <laughs> the fact that you use the words heroin chic, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Like, say, if you were ever going to like. See someone and look at them, and you like you. If you saw your McGregor in the street and transport, you go, he's on smack. Yeah, <laughs> you would see them like even the twitches. So that's the level of performance that we got. And I know, Grant, you've been quite a little bit there. I don't know if like if you've got any opinions or if, like say, is this one of your ones that you enjoy? Uh, I adore this film, mate. The only reason it's not in my list is because it seemed too obvious to put it mm-hmm. in there. Um, Again, so we've got human trafficking as well. Yeah, you know, human I'm, traffic. I'm a bit of a, as you know, I'm a, like a sensory head in this. Do you know what I mean? And everything that you've said there about the roller coaster of emotions that the film takes you on mm-hmm. is what makes me absolutely adore it because mm-hmm. you've got comedy, you've got horror, you've got, you know, everything. It's grit and dirt, and then there's a mm-hmm. random little feeling good bits in there, and you know. <laughs> As somebody who su- supports the Scottish rugby team, it's shite being Scottish screamed <laughs> as loud as possible resonates with me more than any other person on the planet, mate. <laughs> you don't know what it's like until you've watched Finn Russell three sling a pass into touch. <laughs> so you beat us this year again, so don't worry. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's just got a little bit easy recently. Though, hasn't it? Um, but no, I do. I absolutely love this film. Um, I've got really fond memories of it as well because my first ever festival, Underworld, played, and naturally they've um, finished the set with Born Slippy, mm-hmm. um, the iconic track from Train Spotting, and just seeing a festival crowd erupt in that is a sight that I don't think I've ever seen topped, yeah. which is it, mad considering some was, of the gigs I've been at. It was Iggy Pop who did Lust for Life, wasn't it? Yeah. I've seen him do that at. Um, leads and the crowd just go absolutely. I am not an Iggy fan, so I did not appreciate that moment <laughs> at all. But watching the crowd go wild when he played that with the Stooges, um, which crazy. festival was that, Sammy? Leeds, two thousand and three. Oh, the same one that I saw Underworld on Iggy Pop played. It, it was V ninety eight. Ah. Um, so Definitely like not 98. I wasn't going to my again. festivals until the <laughs> 2000s. <laughs> no. So I, I couldn't, I, in all honesty, I, I know Trainspotting is probably the most obvious pick of any of them, but I couldn't, I wouldn't be fearful to myself if I said mm. any others just because of the impact it did have. And that, like I said, that's when I was just getting into cinema as well, like not just like loving movies just because of the films. But realizing like the art and the shots yeah. and what was going behind, because I think it, it said in the chat uh, in the chat as well, it's it's an uncomfortable watch, but that by design, you're not meant yeah. to be. Co- if you sit there and enjoy this, you grant. 
But uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true because that's the same. With, that is exactly the same with shallow grave. It's not there. Like mm-hmm. I, I just totally I appreciate the process. Yes, but I just uh, for some reason cannot get away with train spotting. <laughs> but Robert Kyle, I, I'm sure it's Bigby, isn't it? His name. I'm, I don't I guess I've, yeah. uh, for, it does small man syndrome so well, and <laughs> the anger, and like you can tell he's been trodden on for all his life, and he's just not taken any more in anything's. And the point where he throws the pint glass just off the edge, and you see, as uh, um, like. Sick boy and uh, and and Ewan McGregor's character's face when they realise what's happened and you're hearing the screams and he's just like time to get another pint and he goes down and starts head <laughs> and goes down and starts head button people and just look, it's like fucking hell and like say I've been to Glasgow I've, I've like say I was not in bars like that and I'm not saying anything bad about Glasgow but when I went to see Kiss I got started on four different times by four different people just wow. because. <laughs> I've had nothing but good experiences. I went to Glasgow for the first time with your lovely lady wife. She drove us up to Glasgow because we were going to a gig. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing but great, a great experience, even though we were there for a short period of time. Um, went for Emma's Hindu. It was mm-hmm. lovely. Me and my sister went to go and see Nightmare Before Christmas. I love Glasgow. It's such a lovely bit of a place. Trip. Bit of a trip to see a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, I, asked, move, and I went to see a movie with the cast there as well. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I think it's set. I think it adds to train spotting that it's set in Edinburgh as well. Mm-hmm. It's not set in a, a gritty mm-hmm. metropolis like mm-hmm. Glasgow. It's set in pretty Castle Rock, and it's Edinburgh. beautiful. It is yeah. beautiful. <laughs> no, I, I do like it, but yeah, train spotting had to be on that list. So yes, so Grant, cool. pick number four. So after that remark about how if you watch something like that and you enjoy it, you must be Grant. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to unleash the worst of me picks. Um, I'm going to stick with harrowing ordeals um, mm-hmm. that once you've watched it once, like, yes, that's left an impact on me, but you probably never want to watch it again. Um, mm-hmm. Young Phil, uh, Phil Daniels and young Ray Winston in 1977's Scum. Oh, fuck oh, I've yeah. tried to watch this so many times and it does not fucking pay off well for me. Uh, I mean, obviously, I've chosen it because I want to be able to say that I am your daddy. On <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be a little... Sammy, that was a look and a half. <laughs> well, someone said, I am your daddy. Like, she got excited. Gonna... What, 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 what did uh, you expect? Am I, am I getting choked in a bit? So, like, Hang on a minute, what's going on? <laughs> what kind of party is this? <laughs> Uh, no, um, so Sammy hasn't seen it. Have you seen it? For, uh, oh, yes. It, it made me, like, it scared us a little bit, like, just not being naughty. I, like, the threat of going to Borstal actually terrified me after seeing this movie. Um, and I, I probably saw it a lot younger than I should have as well. So <laughs> I, I stayed away a lot from prison films, like, as a, as growing up because of my dad's profession at the time. So I, this, the likes of this. And Don't worry, he worked in a prison. He wasn't a burglar or anything. He didn't go to jail. No. <laughs> no, my dad was an officer. Um, but yeah, it, it, it put the shits up us. Yeah. And I didn't want to see stuff like that. No. That's like real, that's too real life for us. <laughs> but yeah, it's, as Graham said, it leaves an impression to the point where it's so wonderfully acted. It, mm. you, it's almost like you're watching a documentary at times. Oh. And the violence in it is is just brutal. 
check on these doggies. Yeah, um, like the violence in it and Ray Winston as well. He's uh, it, unrecognizable. Well, he's a young, young kid in it as well. Has he still got that voice though? Yes, he's he's very imposing and and he's very Ray Winston esque. It's not quite mm-hmm. Indiana Jones or Black Widow or Ray Winston. Oh, good God, <laughs> I forgot he was in that. <laughs> But, that was the no. worst Russian accent going. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's like top tier type thing. But I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna say I'm probably gonna watch this again because it's been a long time and it's just like the the memories of it. It it, it was, I think, with British cinema back then, it was about shock factors. Mm. It was like a lot of it was like saying, "What can we do? What can we get away with? And what boundaries can we push?" And this pushed a lot of boundaries. Well, you're, um, you're talking about the same kind of era that brought us to like the Clockwork Orange. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah, know, it still makes me uncomfortable. This, it, there's no happiness in this mm-hmm. film at all. It is absolutely harrowing. It's not, you know, it's not Orange is the New Black with mm-hmm. a nice redemption story at the end. It's three kids get locked in a borstal and they get kicked to shit. The fucking greenhouse, man. Mm-hmm. I. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you know what? If Grant's pulling that face, I don't want to watch it. I would not recommend that you actually watch this, Sammy. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to Grant. Uh, I will take. I will. I will actually listen. You know, joke about your reaction to the human centipede when I was talking about gross stuff and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, I know what you meant by that. Uh, Thank thing. you. And this, this, <laughs> this is worse. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's up there with the likes of like Serbian film. And that yeah. kind of thing. It is genuinely nah. fucking <laughs> horrific. I mean, it's it's aged to the point where we're perhaps desensitized to what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. But much the same way as we've seen uh, said about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, in the 70s, mm-hmm. going and watching a film like this and closing your eyes and imagining mm-hmm. what was going on on screen is worse yeah. probably yeah. than what was actually happening on screen. Mm-hmm. But in Scum's mm-hmm. case, it's really fucking graphic that it is still on the fucking screen. <laughs> Wasn't it banned for a while as well? Yep, it was banned in the UK up until 1991. I don't remember that. That's I'm... not that long, mind. Like, I thought, like, was the 90s kind of like a revolutionary time when they were like, you can watch it now? Like, we're not that sensitive? Or well, I thought yeah. it was like a bit later. Did, it, did that thingy White House die or something? <laughs> I think that was the, the one that was, she was behind all the, like, picketing and banning all the, like, movies. Oh, right. Yeah. So the activist goes, we can watch that, we can watch everything now. <laughs> not far from it. it. I think Driller Killer was oh, the yeah. first one to be released, and that was uh, like then it was a wave after that. Then I they start releasing all the Orange got released. That came out the cinema watched... first, though. That yeah, that, that went... came out the cinema first. Yeah, I went to see that, and I just I sat there and I have no fucking idea what I'm watching. It wasn't mm-hmm. until I was a bit older and I like watched it again. I'm like, oh yeah, I, I get this now. Took a while. Like you need an adult, you need an adult eyes to watch that movie. Um, just in the chat, Legend. We are talking about our top five. British movies. So thank you for joining us. Thank you. Uh, just just with you asking what's everyone talking about, just in case you thought it was just very random, no, there was just talking about Borstals. But yes, we're talking about yeah, Prism. <laughs> Real Winston. He's in I bet there. That turns out to be one of my porn bots. <laughs> no, no, yeah. To, I've seen them pop up a couple of times, actually just asked, trying to engage conversation. Hi, Legend. Thank you. What's up, dude? Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Scum. That interesting. I, I knew some. Nasty ones are going to be on the list there, but I, f- I totally forgot about Scum. But I remember watching; it did scare me a lot as a kid. I think it was shown on Channel Four as well when it, when it was unbanned. I think it got uh, a ch- Channel Four, but 
a lot of the stuff was cut out as as we found out uh, going forward. But if oh. you do watch it now, it's, there's a lot more in the movie and stuff like that. I think it's on film four, or you can probably just watch it on demand at, at somewhere. So if you were going to watch it again, it's not a nice watch, but I think it's very much of the time. I would say, give it a watch and experience it. <laughs> I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna take Grant's advice. I'm gonna sit this one out. <laughs> I trust what Grant says. If Grant, if Grant is telling me that this is terrible, is that because Grant's the daddy? Him. Is he? <laughs> well, he said it. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, we've went to them levels now. <laughs> we are getting um, it's not even. I'm going to rise above it. Yes. <laughs> that because your mean... wife's there. <laughs> 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 I'm only kidding. <laughs> so, moving on to Sammy's next. <laughs> yeah, this one. Mine's going to take. It's it's almost lighter and fluffier than yours, but it's um it's not the it's not a, a love, nice story. Um, and it's really recent, actually. It's from 2014. Mm-hmm. And it's Pride. Ah, I like this one. I fucking love this movie. Grant looks very confused. Um, I'm not sure if I've seen it. It's <laughs> it's about... Um, I, I tried to describe it earlier, and it did not come out great. So it is... It's, That's quite apt. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... The guy, the main guy, Mark, I can't think of his surname, um, he is the head of a community of LGBTQ people. Mm-hmm. And they have organisations where they raise money for their group. And they start, he starts to realise that they actually, for the time, because it's set in the 1980s, yeah, 1980s, um, for the time, they're actually getting left alone by the police. Mm-hmm. Like the police are just not bothering them, and he starts to wonder why. And he realizes because they're actually going after the miners. Mm-hmm. So they decide that they are going to find a mining community and just solely donate to them. Mm-hmm. And it is an absolutely beautiful story with Paddy Constantine um, playing the Welsh mining head like he's the head of the he's the head of the, like the, the head of the union type thing yeah, like, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and you've got Bill Nye in there you've got mm. Imelda Staunton who just is a f- absolutely fabulous and um, it's such a beautiful story and such a true story as well yeah it was um, a true story that that's the, what was. I liked about it as well it's 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 fluffy like see, it is uh, I think it came out like, like in the way of there was a, few, a lot of things I think um What's it? What was the film? The TV show? Because it starts show. There's a lot of shows and everything that starts showcasing like gay culture and, and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, was it? I, I... Was it Queer as Folk? Mm-hmm. Queer as Queer Folk as came out, and, and that totally changed the landscape. And then, was it, to be honest, if we didn't get like things like Queer as Folk, we wouldn't have Queer got stuff like the, 90, uh, the 90s. Yeah. yeah, but like, see, that kind of paved the way. Then. Like oh, films like this wouldn't be showcased as much. Good God, but, no, no, absolutely no. not. No, you're right. right. Weird fact on Queer as Folk: the first time an ejaculate had been shown on British TV. Never. Yeah, it's done as a shadow scene in one of the episodes where you just see it and you. I've see got them on DVD. Uh, I fucking yeah. love that show so much. Yeah, it's um, the first Anthony... time it ever been shown on screen. Anthony oh. Cotton's Alexandra it was one of my heroes. I absolutely love that character so much. <laughs> Here's facts on Nerdy Up North. 
<laughs> Keeping it real on a Sunday. Um, yes. But the Dominic West, who is absolutely amazing in this movie, plays the guy who was the second person in the UK to be mm-hmm. diagnosed with HIV. HIV, He was HIV positive. He is still to this day alive. Mm-hmm. All because... He smokes American marijuana. <laughs> I can't even <laughs> say it. He had literally this show you him. He's constantly lighting up. He's constantly rolling, constantly lighting up. And it's been not, I don't want to say proven, but that is probably one of the benefits is he, he's kept himself fit. He kept himself healthy and he smoked medical marijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's still alive today. He's still activist, like it's still an activist today. The main guy who plays Mark, who a lot of controversy around him because he, he was, classed as a communist um which did not go down great with a lot of people but he sadly not a couple of years after the event of helping the miners he actually did pass away from the disease yeah. um there's a there would have been a lot of people who were playing real people mm-hmm. who didn't quite make it and it was it is a beautiful story of this acceptance because the, mm-hmm. the the village the the village is no different than a village in the northeast. It was a mining village, working yeah. village, and the lot. Like, it was almost like a little Britain sketch. I think it's the only game in the village type thing. So. Yes, it was. <laughs> and then you have this, you have this lot, this van of um, very eccentric people to these people coming mm-hmm. into their village, and there was some characters who didn't accept them, and but mm-hmm. there was the the most unlikely who mm-hmm. did, like Imelda Staunton from House. She was so like like harsh faced that I was like, oh god, she's. Coming. That's just the same in normal um, life, though. You always find that though it's the mm-hmm. people that you don't expect to be the most um, close minded, but then the people who you think, oh, they wouldn't accept me for anything. Who will yeah. always be the be the ones to put your arms around you and give you a hug type thing. So and if, you, Bill you do Nye find and it. Bill mm-hmm. Nye's story is just absolutely beautiful. He's so he's not the Bill Nye that you expect to see. Um, mm-hmm. he's very shy, he's very closed off, and there's a very good reason for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a beautiful revelation. Um, the whole cast is absolutely fantastic. The woman who goes into the police station and starts demanding, because these guys know their rights when it comes to prison, and mm-hmm. these miners are facing very similar conditions to what they are by being forced into prison when they shouldn't be, and they're telling them their rights. Mm-hmm. And just this woman just goes down and starts like demanding what needs to be done, and the Welsh accent is just beautiful, like absolutely beautiful. Um, it's a it's a gorgeous film. It's mm-hmm. a very heartwarming film. I recommend anyone to go out and watch. I really have tried to like keep it as mm-hmm. spoiler friendly as I possibly <laughs> can. Um, but it, it is. It's just absolutely beautiful. Cool. Very good pick. There you go. So mine. Is, is going to go to the modern age. Oh. Well, modern age was say 2011, so it's modern for me. Um, it, like the, the the cast in this from this movie, it kind of spawned different aspects to sci-fi. So we got people that mm-hmm. from this movie that kind of have went and went along and revol- revolutionized the sci-fi industry. Intriguing. So this is the first film that gave us Jodie Whittaker, the Doctor Who, and this gave us John Boyoga. So this was Attack the Block. Oh my God, Attack the Block! Ah! Now, I wasn't expecting this movie to go down because when the trailers came out, 
it was one of those where they the had great marketing, so they mm-hmm. didn't show you for all that was going on. You just knew that was like kind of like a like a spacey type thing. But having these alien beasties attack, like say, like central, like like run down London type thing, having these young kids who perceived as bad lads, um, but they're not. They're just basically they're creatures of their environment, and how they react to an alien invasion and how, like say, they try and help and change and stuff like that. I absolutely fucking loved this movie. I thought it was as entertaining as hell. The monsters were fucking amazing. Them beastie monkey uh, glow-in-the-dark teeth type things were just hilariously and spooky at the same time. But, like, give us, like, like John Boyoga, he showed us in that film what a fucking star he was. And yeah. we got a glimpse of it in the Star Wars universe as well. It's just a shame he was misused later on. But Absolutely. that man... Like say, I know it's, it's, I don't want to call him a boy in this because, like, say that's why he was. He was a man, and um, the the star power he gives in this, and just looks and visions was just breathtaking. And I think I'm sure Nick Frost was in this as well. So um, yes, he uh, was. Yeah, he was. He was kind of like almost like he was playing the character from Space at times. But uh... he was. He was. An, <laughs> he was the nerd, wasn't he? He was the yeah. one who knew everything. It is. I. I've seen this. <laughs> this movie so much i've only ever seen it the once because it's like one of those where i i don't think i'll get the same reaction the second time around mm-hmm. that i did the first time around it's still entertaining like the first times is the shock factor it's not what you're expecting mm-hmm. it's all it's almost like the dust from a dawn effect you think it's one movie and you get switching it's it's not mm-hmm. it's a different movie um but it's just entertaining as hell and it feels very American as well. That's probably why I'd think like the shooting and mm-hmm. like the camera angles and the editing, it's very fast paced. It's very action packed, but it's gritty as well. Like British should be. And it's very mm-hmm. modern day now. And I, again, not to say it's realistic, but I believe that's what it would be like if fucking aliens attacked in London. All these uh, yeah. want to be gangsters with the like BMXs flying down the streets going, yo boy. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like the, the East End of London got attacked. That is what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it was the East End that it was said. Mm. But John Boyega is absolutely phenomenal. And it's such it's such a shame that nobody got to see like worldwide because Attack the Block is very much of, of, it's, of us. It's, it's huge in America now. Is it really? Oh, it started to pick up. America started picking up and started getting it because when he'd start doing Star Wars... Like the first Star Wars film, like mm-hmm. he is excellent in that movie. I don't yeah. care what people say. And um, basically, they, they got on board and went, "Okay, we're going to see see more of him." So they went and watched Attack the Block, and they fucking loved it. So it is oh, quite pleased. quite getting a following in America now. I'm really pleased because he deserves it. It's not his fault how mm-hmm. his character went in Star Wars because he was absolutely brilliant in the in Force Awakens. But my God, he is just. He is such a oh, delight. He's such a delight. Like when you look at him at first, you think, "Oh, he's just—he's gonna be an asshole." He is <laughs> no. from that, and he and he loves Star Wars fans as well. Mm-hmm. He will talk to Star Wars, even though he didn't have the best experience. And he's wrote about it. And if you want to go up and find out more what happened, find out what his interview said about Star Wars. And he's quite passionate because he said some things that probably is a young black actor would normally not say because he'd be worried he'd be portrayed as trouble or 
but or that he probably would have killed his career. And the support he got on Twitter, like I think James Gunn came out and said, I would cast you in a second. You don't have to worry and stuff like that. So the support he got for standing up to what he was put through on the Star Wars set as well, it's inspiring. So I, I will always look out for him and always keep an eye on stuff he does. Yeah, absolutely. And not, I didn't know anything about that. I knew he had a difficult time on Star Wars. And I remember Force Awakens, my God the hysteria when it was revealed that a stormtrooper was a black man like it was ridiculous i had no idea he went through mm-hmm. worse mm-hmm. i don't know if that is worse than that um but i have got nothing but love for him mm-hmm. i loved the the press that he did around force awakens mm-hmm. he just comes off as an absolute ray of sunshine and he had he was he had a very difficult upbringing um I think he was a he was a witness to quite a famous murder in the UK. I'm not um, too sure about that. It was a young 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 kid who got stabbed, and I'm sure John Boyega was either there or he was related to him. Um, really difficult, but to bounce back and then become just this beautiful person, love it. You've all gone quiet. No, I'm just listen, <laughs> listen to what you say there. Good choice. <laughs> well, yeah. What about you, Greg? Oh, fucking hell. What? Not just a famous murder. He was one of the last people to see fucking Damalola Taylor alive. That was it. Damalola Taylor. Christ. Yeah. He, it was, he was in the, he was, it was huge. Absolutely. Yeah. Was he related to him or was he just with him? He was just one of the last people that saw him. Um, right. Sad. Mm, really good. fucking, yeah, really man. fucking. That could really turn a life, couldn't it? Aye. But yeah, to be where he like to be where he is now and be as courageous as he is now is just amazing. So, Great well, have, have you seen this one, Grant? I know you went very quiet, so I, I have mate, I love this film. Um <laughs> when you were talking when you were talking about the aliens, it's just the sound bite of him screaming, it's a massive bear wolf motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> the corridors are getting chased and it every time I hear that line it cracks me up. But yeah, you know, I can't really add to it, you know, what you said about it being like dust till dawn, where mm-hmm. you think on one way and then suddenly an alien crashes through the ceiling, you know, <laughs> midway through act two, you're like, What the fuck is going on here? All right, I'm game for it. Um, beautifully cast, beautifully shot. Um, it was a, a relief in British cinema because it is gritty, but it does have that Americanized feel to the cinematography that gives it yeah. a bit more polish. And it's not very often that we see polish in British cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we like our grain, we like our grit. You know, we live in a country where it always rains. So everything's got to be a little bit noiry. Um, yeah. So to see something yeah. with a, a bit of fluorescence to it was a breath of fresh air. And I love the fact as well, because when something is successful, because this was a big hit, we didn't get numerous sequels because this was one yes. that they could have over-egged it on. So as a standalone, it works really well. I wouldn't mind a sequel. I'm not like distancing. If they made a sequel, I'll be upset. But if they yeah. came just as it is, I'm 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 quite happy with that. Like we've got mm-hmm. that and it's like say, always going to be that little bit of cinema that uh, <clears throat> proved that we're not just one trick ponies as well as Brits. Yeah. To prove we can do sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And I know that we know that we can. Other than Doctor Who, <laughs> and Dwarf. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we we well know done. that we, <laughs> but we know that we can do sci-fi, and we proved it right here in this movie because it is absolutely breathtaking. Mm-hmm. 
Definitely. Good choice. Absolutely cool. amazing choice. So, guys, one the final pick now. It's so the final left... pick now. So, hope I've left the special ones to last. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> as Grant <laughs> seems to be getting ready to take his dressing gown off, is Hot Chocolate going to be playing? <laughs> <laughs> I believe in miracles. <laughs> no, I haven't chosen the full Monty. Nobody needs to see that. Um, <laughs> how's Donna's fundraising going? <laughs> no, she, she didn't get near yeah. enough, so don't worry. Um, we're, we're safe for today. No, not the full Monty, although it probably would be a good shout. Um, I'm going back to my youth a little bit here, and I'm going back to my first pick mm-hmm. as well, because two of my um, favourite British films both have a very strong theme running that, through them, and that is The Who. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another absolute 70s masterpiece um, came out with uh, The Who was the main influence in 1979. Um, similar cast to uh, Quadrophenia. You've got Phil Daniels in there playing the lead. Wow. You've got Ray Winston in there. You've mm-hmm. got Sting in there. You've got Toya Wilcox in there. Um, like uh, Quadrophenia. I the film that, that basically gave us a culture. Like mod culture was because of this movie. Yeah. And, My well, mum. No, it's fucking... set 15 years before it was released. Was it? Right? Well, no, but like, <laughs> like the people that came out after, like the, the hairstyles and the t shirts and stuff like that, after seeing that movie, like they kind of touched yeah. on it. But yeah, I probably jumped the shark a little bit there. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> I get what you mean. No, it's, it's kept, that film has definitely kept mod culture relevant. Mm-hmm. I think it would probably be one of those kind of fashion things that had disappeared into history if it hadn't been for Quadrophenia coming out in 1979. Um, it, it absolutely re-energized the little, you know, the Vespa scooters and that kind of stuff. And you see it reoccurring year on year. You do. As a result of that. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, some trends do that, some trends don't. You know what I mean? Flares always make a comeback every 20 years. You know what I mean? There's a, you know, the 40s vintage look with the um, the victory rolls and what have you tends to come full circle. But other trends have been lost to the adults of time. And, no, like, I get what you mean now. Um, I thought you meant it had, like, been the... Oh, not the birth, but yeah. No, <laughs> no, no. But like, no, I think, I think, I think the Beatles had a something to do with that. But yeah, <laughs> it's not, um, it's not something I've ever seen. Um, but it is one of my mum's favorites. My mum is a huge Sting fan, so if Sting's in it, she is watching it. So she absolutely loves this. But I've never seen it. I've seen it's... it. I, I, it's, it's, I probably passed me by or watched it probably at the wrong time. Because um, I was never well, I was a, I was a fan of Oasis, but my mum and dad were big, like I said, uh, the Beatles fans. So that kind of culture was like too rammed down my throat, so I kind of stayed away from it too much as well. Mm. But um, I know like people I went to school like watched that movie like on a weekly basis because they wanted to like to idolize or be them. They had the like start buying the coats, and then you saw the uh, like the the logos all over the place, and like the blue in there. Um, in the red, I think there's even a, a chippy in um, where's it in Dalton Park called uh, like based Hi, on it as well. Is. It's over uh, the like, road from Starbucks. Yeah, based on quarter quarter failure, but um, I no, I, <laughs> I, it's one of them films. I think if you get invested in it or you, it hits you, it stays with you. But it, mm. it kind of missed me by a little bit, so that's why I and I don't love it. I, I enjoy it, but it's not something I I can say. Oh, I know it for every beat or like for word for word type thing. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I, you see, with that one, I, I probably do. Um, outside of Oasis and Blur, funnily enough, because I've always been a little bit of a metalhead at heart, but the drummer mm-hmm. in the first band was daft on the who. Yeah. Um, kind of modelled himself on Keith Moon. And mm-hmm. rightly so, he was an incredible drummer then. And he's, you know, he lives in London teaching drums to kids that are fucking gifted musicians and what have you. Now, the man, it's not wow. even funny how much of a talented musician he is. Uh, same mate, um, his uh, dad was mate, Paul McCartney as well. Oh, right. ooh, ooh, what a uh, name drop. Same getting to come on the podcast. <laughs> didn't know loads of famous people, but his dad randomly knew Paul McCartney and Vic Reeves. I mean, Vic Reeves grown up on Teesside. Yeah. Wasn't really a weird thing because he was a lawyer in Middlesbrough for years before mm-hmm. he got famous. Wasn't um, Yeah. Yeah, him and Bob Morton were, were both uh, lawyers. Yeah, Bob Morton's a very clever bloke. <laughs> yeah, my mum and dad, my mum actually loves it. She's reading these books or read these books. I did not know that about Vic Reeves. Mm-hmm. I just thought Jimmy Neal was out claim to fame. No, no. But, um, yeah, like I say, it's got a special place in my heart. And because I'm quite a musically orientated person, the who's always going to resonate with me. But the film itself is just self-destruction. It's Mm -hmm. it's Phil Daniels playing a young mod kid who just likes to go and get off his tits. Mm -hmm. And he gets off his tits to the point where he decides to drive to Brighton for the annual fight. That's where the saying, oh, I've gone to Brighton, if you've gone off on a bender comes from because in the 60s the mods and the rockers would drive to Brighton and kick the fucking shit out of each other on the beach in a drug addled alcohol fuel still happens it still happens (laughs) (laughs) I thought Horton and Hetton at Horton Feast getting into fights was bad enough Jesus um Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's it. It's just it's it's just a tale of self-destruction. Um it's literally just circling the drain. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's another, you know, back to the grit and the awfulness of what mm-hmm. life in Britain and mm-hmm. the 60s and the 70s and 80s and the 90s. And, well, and, the life in Britain's and always... Now was... so <laughs> now. That new season of you has got it definitely very, very wrong what life in Britain's <laughs> like. But, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'll stop going on about it, though. That's me fifth no. pick. Um, no, no, it's fine. Don't, like, say, don't ever stop. <laughs> don't it's ever just, feel like I was going to say it. It's just because, oh, like but... I said, it's, it's not something that we would follow, but it's good no. to hear that, like I say, why it's important or why you like it as well. That's always mm-hmm. something I like. A young and absolutely jaw-droppingly beautiful uh, Leslie Ash. In it uh, as well, yes. with um, Phil Daniels' little kind of not not girlfriend, sort of speak. She's just well, she's a bit of a local bike in it. And if I'm perfectly <laughs> honest, but he's pining after her, you know, mm-hmm. regardless of the fact that she's not acknowledging him and all that kind of stuff. And she does, but she only sees him as a friend and all mm-hmm. of that kind of thing. And he's still just pining for his love for. Him. We've all been there as well. Yeah. So, oh, definitely. You sense. described her so lovely. Kelly just said Leslie Ash pre fish lips. <laughs> just before yeah. you just before you mentioned her name but then you described her so lovely <laughs> well we all remember as deborah and men behaving badly and she was absolutely in that as well yeah. <laughs> what a show oh. i'm just reminiscing, reminiscing there because like i said that was one of my crushes as a kid <laughs> but yes nice. very good pick so nice. sam final pick right mm-hmm. this one is incredibly important to us and i'm probably going to let on more about myself than what I want anyone to know, or if I haven't already told people before. Um, 
this is from 96. Can't remember who directed it. Don't really care. Um, <laughs> it's, it's again stars you, it stars Ewan McGregor and it stars Tara Fitzgerald. If nobody knows who Tara Fitzgerald is, I spoke to her in length today about, um, on the Game of Thrones podcast. She plays Celise Baratheon, um, hell of an actress and it's brassed off. Right. I think you've talked about this before. Potentially. Yes, this I is think why I'm not. Too, I can't remember if I had or not. Um, yes, thought as well. I think I remember yeah. that conversation. I, just, I yeah. can't. There's a lot I've talked about, and I just can't <laughs> remember at this point what it is I've told people and what I haven't. Um, I was a trombone player. We know player. everything. Yes, we know it all. We are legion. <laughs> um, yeah, I was a trombone player back in the day, and Brastoff. You would think Brastoff is special to us because I was a trombone player. I played in bands. I actually played with the band who is in Brastoff. All right, I thought you were going to say something else. I was going to say no. magic. She, knew, she know, knows different tricks how to play the, the trombone. If you if you ask her to play do that when she's drunk, <laughs> it's a good job I don't drink. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good job I live that sober life. Um, no, I actually played with the band that is in Brastoff. The people who are generally playing the instruments, I played with them. They are an absolutely fantastic, lovely people. Do not make a joke about that. I see you. You think I can't tell? You're just about like lean into your mic. <laughs> God, I was just thinking. I was gonna say, don't like say. But I was trying to be nice. Said when she says played with them, she was playing with instruments, not the way that oh, good old things. Oh, you were just trying to point out the actual. <laughs> yes, you weren't. You weren't going around skiing with them all. No. Isha, <laughs> <laughs> that got us. Happening everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Because, <laughs> um, no, I did not. <laughs> You've just ruined like such a lovely moment. My job is done, guys. Oh, I so yes, blast off! You played with the band. You didn't. Yeah, didn't do anything. With, you, no, you'd had, you'd nothing had, like that. Yeah, I, I played. I played with the music. That was about it. Um, but just going to the film itself, I generally love it. It is very much. Um, my of where I live I come from a mining village that did have its own colliery band and um, my one of my mum's uncles was actually the head of Hetton Silver who was a which was huge in colliery band playing <laughs> I can't resist this is so nerdy it's <laughs> like this I have reached a level of nerdy I never thought I would do um but yeah that was that was my life as a mm-hmm. teenage girl I was playing in colliery um brass bands <laughs> It's nothing to be ashamed of, like say, um, it's it's all good. Like say, it was I, my I, life. I, I, like I can't. You, you I played can't bands. I did it. sports. It's 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 not nothing to be ashamed of. <laughs> but yeah, brushed off. Um, it's it's a good. It's a lovely story. It's fine. <laughs> and you, and it's, like, got, can, it's got. It's got Peter Puzzlewaith as well. Yes, I'm trying. I'm trying my best not to make jokes. Please don't keep. Line them up as far as as well, Sam. I'm really <laughs> trying not to, but it's very difficult with the subject matter. I'm glad <laughs> you didn't say it's very hard. It's, I'm glad you're so glad you didn't say it's very hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. It's got this one time. It bank camp. <laughs> yep. Oh, I don't know how many times I've had that thrown at us, but and she and she she learned very lot lots of different <laughs> techniques with her lips, and she's got very good at holding the breath. Why do you think I constantly pout? It's because my lips stayed that way. When I was playing, that's how you play a trombone. You have to pout. I so my gonna, lips I don't thought you were really going to say, "Why do you think no. I constantly swallow?" No, eh? Show us how you play the trombone. No, nope. <laughs> how, how deep can you go? 
Someone, someone actually, you do, you do put, you like, you literally have to pout your lips to do it. And mine have like stayed there. <laughs> They've never moved. Um, I do have Salmon, a salmon and magic somewhere. lips. We need that as a hashtag. Um, Joe Borders giving a shout to the Colliery Bands. He's saying his dad used to play in the uh, uh, corner in ours as well. Oh, See? that's nice. You've got your, See? your band geek friends. It happens. They're there. She's not um, talking. Yeah. <laughs> of course, I'm talking to you. It's you literally did like make me nearly burst. Like I thought I was going to wet myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you've ever done. That. I don't think you've come close to doing that yet. Um, but well, yeah, I've never met Charles. There's going to be a squirting joke. I had to stop myself. Sorry. Oh. It's me anyway. <laughs> Brast off. Brast off. Well, <laughs> it's a good way of segueing as well, because we're going to keep the humour up there. So this is the one that I tormented about for the last week, just because I'm, mm. I am I wasn't sure that this was a British movie, but I've looked into it. I have tried to establish it, and I can safely say it is a British movie, mm-hmm. just because a lot of the cast in it is American. And the humour in it is very British and American at the same time. Mm-hmm. But it was written by a, a, the British actor who was in it. And it was 1988, starring John Cleese, Kevin Kleiman, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael oh. Palin, A Fish Called Wanda. I would have so said this was British. I wouldn't have even, like... I've Because it's very filmed American style. Even though mm. a lot of it and the humor in it as well, like Kevin Klein, and like when you think of it, you think of John Cleese and Kevin Klein, Klein and uh, like say Jamie Lee Curtis, but it, it was wrote by John Cleese as well. And I know it's very Monty Python esque without going as far, but Michael Palin mm. in that when he's stuttering and Kevin Klein's eating his fish and sticking chips with tomato ketchup up his nose is one of my cinema highlights and where I got a lot of my humour from as well, just how daft as a brush this was. But I adored John Cleese. Like, this was my gateway into John Cleese from finding out about him, watching this for the first time, then going to Faulty Towers, then watching Monty Python um, and seeing, like, backdating all the stuff. I probably wasn't allowed when I watched when I was younger because a lot of mm-hmm. people... I know Faulty Towers was on, but I was like, oh, I don't want to watch that. It, it looks stupid. But after seeing this, I was like, this guy is hilarious. I need to see more of John Cleese in my life. And I fell in love with John Cleese in this movie as well. Um, I've never seen it. Really? Shocker. Shocker. <laughs> Absolute shocker. Um, but I get what you mean about John Cleese. And mm-hmm. I think I, st- I appreciate him more as an adult. Like, I loved Faulty Towers as a kid. Like, I absolutely adore that program but as an adult i'm now starting to get monty python because mm-hmm. i've never understood it life of brian i absolutely adore um just because of it it holds very fond memories with me and my dad watching it um or me and the family watching it to be fair but i just i, I never got the python humor it's not my humor I think this is a very a gateway into Python because it's got Python notes, but it's mm. very not Python at the same time. Right. This is, like, say, not Terry Gilliam. Uh, Terry Gilliam, is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. uh, Python. This is, like, 
you can tell when different people got involved with different skits with Python. This is the mm-hmm. Michael Palin and John Cleese Python aspects, like the silly ah, Britishness, right. just absolute ridiculous. And Kelvin Kine, like, I know he's done some decent and some bad movies after this, but this is the movie you watch him, you think he's going to be a fucking star because mm. he's so entertaining and he lights up the screen every time he's on and he's the way he bounces and plays with the actors and like say Jamie Lee Curtis is absolutely stunning, like phenomenal in this is like every much of a sex symbol that you've seen, like from trading places or even uh, mm. true lies type thing. She's absolutely beautiful in this movie and it's just so much fun. That's probably the best way I could describe it. It's just mm. fun. It's a fun bang holiday Christmas movie to watch. I think I'm going to give it a go because, like I say, I am starting to appreciate John Cleese. And it wasn't, it's very recent. Um, a footage of his, you know, the guy who passed away who played Brian, part of the Pythons. Mm. Yeah. They didn't go to his funeral because they didn't, it was about him, not mm-hmm. them. And they yeah. would have made it about them, so they didn't go. But what they did do was hold a memorial service for him, for his friends. And John Cleese got up and did a, a speech. And mm-hmm. it starts out your typical memorial, like, you know, we're going to miss him and blah, blah. And then he just goes off on this absolute, it's it's comedy gold. Mm-hmm. It's somebody's memorial service, but very fitting to the person who he's memorializing. Like, it was beautifully funny. And I was like, Jesus Christ, he's made me piss my pants laughing at a memorial service. Like, what else can this man do? Mm-hmm. Like, he always got us in Faulty Towers, but that was, it was silly humor. Yeah. And I always thought Python was very adult humor. Mm-hmm. And well, now, I, like now the, I want to get on that level. Yeah, this is like the bridge between. It's like very uh, silly humor. Like like the jokes about fish and chips. Like, like I'll not spoil it for you. I probably already have. Um, no, I have a shit uh, memory. You know this. I'll not remember. <laughs> um, the jokes about the fish and chips are just absolutely hilarious. How Kevin Klein brings that into when he's torturing Michael Palin's character uh, about fish and chips and where he uses them. It's just you'll have seen it in clip shows and stuff how it's used, but it's absolutely hilarious. And at the end, when uh, <laughs> like I said, this is a spoiler. When he gets his come up and Michael Palin's on the steamroller, just screaming down at him like eating eating his fish. Is just breathtakingly funny and breathtakingly shot as well. Because um, <laughs> I know a lot of British cinema does get shit for how it looks, like looking gritty, poor angles and stuff. Mm. That's why I was confused. I was always worried about this one uh, being on because I love this film, uh, but it's shot very Americanized. Right. So it's very bright and. Mm-hmm. But they, they kind of did a sequel to it, not in the same way, where they had the same actors in it, where it was called Fierce Creatures or something like that. Where John Cleese and uh, like Jimmy Lee Curtis was in it again, and the ending for that they make the joke where he accidentally calls a wonder. So it's it's kind of like a. Like I a, wondered a, why not... Kelly shouting wonder in yeah. the chat. <laughs> but it's like a reference. But I know, um, like I, I know Grant, you've probably seen this movie, have you? Or am I... <laughs> I'm not sure if I've brought it up on a previous podcast. Or not. I think you have. We've had the conversation about a fish called Wanda and fierce creatures and the link between the pair of them before. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember on what podcast I would have picked it. There's so, so many. I've picked <laughs> Monty Python before, so I don't know if maybe was it the fantasy one where a... possibly we did talk about we did talk about Python on that as yeah, well. Yeah, I had Holy Grail on there, so I don't know if we just went off on one. But again, I can't really add anything. But I love a fish called Wanda. 
mm-hmm. so much about kind of not just early Python, but even the, the stuff they've done after Fierce Creatures, I thought was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more recent one that they did with um, Simon Pegg and Kate Beckinsale mm-hmm. is absolutely jaw drop. That might be where we went backwards. It's one of Robin Williams' last films. Right. And he voices oh. Simon Pegg's dog. It's um, called Absolutely Everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, the Pythons are space aliens, and they go, we're going to give him all of the power in the world. I think that's where we might have gone back with from. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's a Jamie Lee Curtis in the 80s, man. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis, like, now? Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Oh, she is woman is, beautiful. She's mm-hmm. aged like whiskey. She mm-hmm. really, really has. Whatever her and Helen Mirren were oh, taking or give... drinking or whatever for the breakfast. I will sell my like... soul for just an ounce of it. You don't worry, you've got good genes if your mum's got anything to go by, so you'll be all right. Don't worry, Sam. Oh, thanks. Good <laughs> <Milf> in training. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the other one as well, the John Clay's one, I think doesn't get his recognition, but I absolutely love, I think it was Clockwork, where he's like having, like he's a businessman, but he's having the worst day where everything goes wrong from missing his train to his car broke and he's trying to get somewhere that's really important. But um, I'm trying to think now because I'll have to have a look at it now. I'm sure it's Clockwise or Clockwork. I'm just going to look at John, John Cleese's movie. This could take a while. Sorry, guys. John <laughs> Cleese. I'll get another John Cleese one in there just that I watched recently. It's not a British film, but I've forgotten how funny it is. Uh, Rat Race. Yes. Rat Race. <laughs> is that with yeah. them? Ron Atkinson. Seth Green. Mm-hmm. Whoopi Goldberg. Cuban it was basically movie. just what he races with, um, like real life people. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard that. Sorry. Uh, John Cleese like basically gives them. Um, like, they've got to do a race, basically, and the winner gets um, like a million dollars or something like that, and they've got to get over the states by any means necessary, and so they all try and drive there. And um, oh, okay. Um, I've just read an article here. I say read an article. I've just glanced over it. Um, as of the seventh of February, that John Cleese is going to reboot Forty Towers with his daughter. Really? Really? Have you not mm. been following this? No. Absolutely not, no. Oh, um, John Cleese recently, uh, he's taken a little bit of a right turn in a lot of his philosophies. Um, yeah, he's not Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Particularly bad, but he's using the word woke a lot. Mm. Oh, um, right. When he's angry and it's just kind of like... Mm, you know, come on, man, you're getting a little bit too deep into some of this shit, you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Um, I know he was very much against cancel culture. Mm-hmm. So that was where he was coming out and he tried mm-hmm. to stay on that point, which it started off, I agree with, I agree with him, and it's going, whoa, where are you going? Yeah. Yeah, I'm <laughs> absolutely against censorship in all of its forms. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's kind of perceiving censorship. Mm-hmm. You know, he went mm-hmm. online and started screaming on as to why the why the BBC hadn't shown any Monty Python in so mm-hmm. long. Everybody pointed out that it's because he sold the rights of all of it to Netflix. Yeah. Um, that's why it's not oh. on the BBC anymore. It's like, you know, come on, oh. mate. You know, senior moments today. Yeah. <laughs> no, oh, wow. the, yeah, the other movie was Clockwise. That was the one where basically he's just having the worst day ever. It is complete Monty Python, John Cleese in it as well, so... It's basically he's like playing a school headmaster as well. But yeah, so that was the one I was hinting at. But yes, so that was my last and final pick, A Fish Called Wonder. Awesome. Amazing pick. 
mm-hmm. hellish picks, really good picks. <laughs> and interesting as well, that would make sense, because it's been a while when we've been doing the top fives that we've mm. had joined the same picks as well. So why are we getting super clever? Or mm. we're, we're getting to know each other and know where, who's going to pick what now? <laughs> well, I thought I had you figured out quite early on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was very fucking wrong. <laughs> I'm surprised every week when we do these that I think the only time where I've ever had an experience where I have never I've not been able to get a pick out was the action hero one with when Jake first came on. Yeah, Jake fucked you. Not literally, but just yeah. <laughs> uh, honorable mention, mate, because when I was talking about human traffic, um and I said, Oh, I, I don't think you might not have the same pick, that wasn't the film that I was thinking oh, right. was oh. I thought you were going to say Kevin and Perry go large. <laughs> Fuck yes, that film is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought the film was funny, but I loved Harry Enfield's sketches a lot more. Mm. So it wasn't quite the same, but um, the other one that I was going to uh, add, it was a quite a modern one. Like I say, I, I do like Guy Ritchie, but I absolutely fucking love Snatch. Snatch, uh, that was the one that Anne said I should have put on instead of Gosford Park. Mm-hmm. He said, I was, I'm doing myself a disservice because it's one of my favourites. Yeah. And The Gentleman. The Gentleman. The Gentleman was okay. The, but, the, uh... I love The Gentleman. The Gentleman. Um, I absolutely uh-huh. love that movie so much. Rock and Roller was better. <laughs> I've um, never seen Rock and Roller. <laughs> but yeah, like, see, I thought you would have went very classic British horror, though. I thought you would have had like, some paste cushion movies in there or something like that. No. The Devil no. Rides Out nearly made it for me. Sorry? Which one? The Devil Rides Out nearly made uh, it for me from the Hammer um, generation. Um, I've got some fond memories of that from when I was a kid. Um, I think um, I, when, uh, I was going to look into the Carry On films as well, but there's so many and stuff, it's more just like a list of ones. I couldn't really pick one that stand out. I am not a Carry On person. I am uh, not a Carry On fan at all. I just didn't get it in the slightest. Um, I was trying to think, oh, yeah, Kev will be remiss if we don't mention Dog Soldiers. <laughs> I think... He's still screaming at us think, now. He's probably just, like sitting in his house like, why, God, why did he not choose this movie? <laughs> because we would know if you were on it. You would have picked it. <laughs> but it wasn't in my top five. <laughs> because the last 10 seconds spoils the entire bloody film. You can say this now, Kev's not here. <laughs> you think it's all over? It is now. It's like the minute you opened his mouth and did that quote, I was just like, fuck. <laughs> it is He's interesting, doing... like, say, the, the different people that won. I know if my wife came on, like, say, a film's like 28 days later, uh, four wins and yeah. a funeral would have been fired off uh, instantly. Um, I did think With Neil and I might have been, like, in someone's pick, but again, that... never seen it. Probably missed me by as well. I didn't love it, even though I love Richard E. Grant. Uh, it wasn't one of the movies, but I was expecting like Shaun of the Dead as well to be fired in there at some point. I, I did contemplate like Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, especially Hot Fuzz, because Hot Fuzz just does not get the attention it needs. It is so funny. Um, but I was just thinking, I've done, we've done them. We did the Cornetto trilogy. We've talked about mm-hmm. our loves for it. Then that that just clears space up for something else. I've not talked about like Calendar Girls. Um, so that was my thought process on not picking any of the 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 Cornetto trilogy. Uh, I went to the ones that like when I thought about had the most impact and the ones that kind of resonated with us still. 
Yeah. And that's always the things I can, I think, it, I hope it does come across well when we do talk about them that way, rather than <laughs> like, like reading it off by numbers. You know, I like this film because it this, uh, but it's like the memories and uh, the yeah. information that it kind of like gives, like I say, that's, that's what I always enjoy to discuss and seeing people's reactions as well. Yeah. But yeah, that was a good one. I enjoyed that. That, that like, was so I, I know uh, we were talking before we went off uh, on live uh, about next week's Sunday episode. We are going to possibly try and get go live a little bit earlier next week, guys, anyone in the chat. We will probably make an announcement before yeah. Sunday's episode just because I think Grant's back on, I think Charlotte's on, and um, I'll have a word with someone else as well because I know she's, she was interested, but just seeing if she's up for it. So yeah. uh, we'll see if she, uh, I don't want to say her name in case of putting pressure on her blesser. Uh, but it is going to, we, we feel this one could be longer than probably mm-hmm. anyone that we've done just because the, the subject is it's top five favorite songs and it's yeah. going to get personal. It's going to get emotional. It's mm-hmm. going to need, ex- you know, people are going to, want to talk about it. So we want to give everyone mm-hmm. the time to do that without having to feel pressure that, Oh, we've been yeah. on for how long now? Yeah, so it, it's going to be a nice one. Um, but I think, like I say, next Sunday is... Um, I couldn't give a fuck if anybody watched it, to be fair. It's it's going to, to be, be no, a, if it's an just, interesting... If it's just for us, then yeah. I couldn't give two shits. Um, but next Friday as well, just to give a shout out, next Friday we do have a big extra special episode of the podcast. We are spoiling you. You can tell me, wife, so we have just got all this free time. Um, <laughs> we have the guys behind the social media of Be More Geek coming on as well. So, like yeah. I said, they are a big brand in the Northeast. We've got a, quite a few number of stores. I spend most of my money in them stores. Uh, I spent a lot of money in that store. Yeah. So um, they're coming on, like I said, to talk about, about them, what they get up to, uh, how they've found, like say, working in a nerdy industry. Mm-hmm. And also they are going to talk about horror as well. So I think Charlotte's coming on to give a different aspect of horror because – People's probably sick of hearing me and Sam say, "I like Halloween. I like Jaws." Uh, isn't the ex- isn't the Exorcist fun? Um, <laughs> but, but yes, uh, but like I said before, please uh, check out Goodwill and Graham's Star Trek episode that they put out uh, today for uh, the review of season three, episode one of Picard. Um, even though Goodwill has been stealing uh, Sam's scenes. So Sam's going to have words with you. Uh, like say, I heard about that, shit. Mr. Goodwill. <laughs> Can't come up with your own stuff, can you not? Do you know how oh. long it took us to think of that? About oh, five joking. seconds. <laughs> About five seconds, yeah. <laughs> I'm Damn it. <laughs> um, and uh, the, the Maiden and the Bear did their episode. Of, uh, <laughs> Let's uh, just of... call it what it is. It's a Game of Thrones. It's ice, It's the Nerdy of Norths Ice and Fire podcast. It's exclusive to Patreon. But the first episode is available on YouTube if you want to go and watch it and see what you're missing out on because it is very good. And it only costs um, £2 to subscribe to our Patreon, so it's not much pound. money. Yeah. £2 and you get well, to hear me waffle on about Game of Thrones. Well, but come on. Or, or if you're Lee and you like say put go to Goonie level, which was twenty pound Lee, you don't have to pay twenty pound a minute. <laughs> you can knock it down a bit. Um, <laughs> you can you can very much so Lee. We appreciate it, but you can. Um but yeah, we've got um Sunday, no, Friday. We've Be more got Geek. Be more Geek. We've got Sunday, we've got top five songs. songs. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I will be. I'm gonna. Cons- I'm gonna be having a consistent recording for Game of Thrones now every Thursday night. Um, <laughs> for the moment. Yes. <laughs> for the but, moment. Go on, and, sorry. <laughs> and Grant, have you got anything you want to plug? Because I know you've been doing a lot of uh, yes, stuff with yeah. the band. Um, well, yeah, the EP's out and people are listening to it, so that's all good. I'm not even going to try and translate the name of my band on here in order for can people just, to look for Can it. you just say it for me? Acarogia Sticks. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> it is, I absolutely, I listened to, I think you just put it up on Instagram, a song up on Instagram, and I absolutely fell in love with it. But it, it I'm not going to, it did help that I could see the lyrics um, <laughs> at first. But I just couldn't quite tune into it, but after that, oh, Grant, beautiful lyrics. I'm going to sound like that as well. This part is a ringtone. Oh, Grant. Oh, oh Grant. Grant. I've already recorded it. <laughs> 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 but yes, uh, after the top five songs, we are having a Batman talk. The Batman. Ooh, the Batman, you say? We're um, doing all Batman? Yes, we'll do all Batman voices during the podcast where Jake, <laughs> and... Uh, the lovely Steph has joined us again from yes. the Castle Coven uh, Gaming. So when we told her we were doing a Batgun episode, we she pretty much demanded to be on there. So yeah, um, this is so what happens what... when you when you come on as a guest. You just <laughs> want to come on and do more. <laughs> we're that good. <laughs> yes, and uh, so we'll hopefully have a few more surprises coming away. I know yep. um, me and Jake, um, probably Sam will come up. We'll, we'll try and drag Sam on again when the wrestlers want to come on to talk to us all about wrestling. The independent wrestler that gig that's come. That's fine. And you're a busy girl, though. I just don't want to put too much no, pressure no. on you. No, put me just put me in. I want to. I want to. I want to talk to the wrestlers. I'm really excited for that. You want to get don't ever kick well. me out. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't ever put Sammy in the corner. But yes. <laughs> so I know that's been a long one, guys, and it's been a long weekend of a lot of content. So thank you for everyone who keeps uh, listening to us and keeps participating. You are you are the real superstars, not us. Um, but yes, same bat time, same bat channel. Stay nerdy, everyone. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye.